Hello, everybody, and welcome to another awesome episode of Podcast. I am Jordan, along here with Brother Brandon. Brother Brandon here. Hello. And best friend Ryan. Hello, everybody. And tonight, we have a little bit of a special episode. We'll be doing a movie commentary of, I would think, our favorite movie of all time, right? Because it's our theme song, Back yeah. to the Future. I think it's. I think the film is the patron saint of the podcast. podcast. There you I, go. I, I enjoy it. I wouldn't consider it my favorite. Yeah, but I mean, you know, Back to the Future. Okay. It's Back to the Future. <laughs> so, uh, tonight we are going to be, this is going to be an almost a two-hour long episode, folks. Because uh, we're going to watch the movie live and do a commentary. If you remember some of the episodes of past, we did that uh, before. Uh, Brother Brandon and I did that before with uh, the faculty. Uh, Scream one and three. One and three. We skipped two because we were like, no. Well, it didn't. It didn't. Uh, it we didn't, got drunk. Well, no, it didn't bench well with the theory you had. It did not bench well with the theory. No, and my theory still stands. <laughs> and uh, and that's also during the commentary. That's where we came up with our famous line because we heard it from the faculty: "Flogging the bishop." Oh yeah. <laughs> so, but anyway, so but this is this is best friend Ryan's first commentary episode. Welcome, best friend Ryan. We hope you like this one. Huh, I like this movie. I know you do, but this is yeah. your first time doing a commentary with us. Uh, it'll be fun. It'll be a good experience. Yeah, we'll be, we'll be fine. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I'm not nervous. No, you're at not. All. <laughs> no. I have like I have like three Nicorettes in. Mm. That's not true. Um, but yeah, it's what this is uh, essentially what we're gonna do is we're gonna start it off here really soon and just so if you want to follow along like a real commentary, uh, we'll give you a countdown and when we get down to you know we'll do like a three, two, one, press play. When we say press play, that's when you listeners press play in your movie as well. Um, and uh, I are we at a point? Are we right at the Universal logo? We are at like one frame. Okay. Before it. Yeah. So essentially frame number one. Yep. Mm -hmm. All right. That is where we are. If you want to go ahead and set yourself up to that point as well. Um, so yeah, I guess, are we ready? Yes. Uh, best friend Ryan, spin that shit. All right, guys. And in three, two, one, press play. You like how I did that spin that shit reference? Spin that shit, yeah. It's clever. <laughs> clever. <laughs> Yeah. Well, no, eh, it's like it's, there. it's eight mile references is what you were doing. Yeah. yeah. I feel like eight mile and Back to the Future are thematically similar. I would I would they're, think so. They're Parent both in the ish, past. Issues with your parents. Yep. Trying to get ahead, people picking on you, thinking you're nothing. Mm -hmm. They're both. Um, I would say they're both. You know, within the uh, the six degrees of Kevin Bacon. Yes. Yes. As with everything. Yes. Everything is yeah. yeah. So we get the opening of the clocks, and um, look at that clock. Look at that clock. Look at that clock. I just have to say, uh, I I I found Back to the Future, uh, like I found Breakfast Club, and like I found Shawshank Redemption, on God bless TNT on Sunday morning afternoons. So yours was TNT. Mm. It was TBS for me. Mine was AMC. Really? Yeah. Mm. <laughs> I always remember being younger, always liking the third one. Mm -hmm. Because that's the one they always seem to show on TBS. Yeah, when I was a kid, they never showed that much to me a lot. The one I watched the most was the first one. The second one I really loved the most. I mean, it was it was at a young age. Where I was like, "Especially for the shoes, greatest movie of all time." And then you get older, and you're like, "No, it's not." The third one is definitely the shit. Oh, it's well, they. It's the, not. The quality decreases as you go on, like you do with most trilogies, especially ones that are rushed and purely for monetary value. 
like they're rushed out specifically to cash in on a time slot and to make money. Right. Um, like I, as as an adult now, I will agree that the first one is the best one. Mm-hmm. But I do I do think the second one's the most interesting one. It is definitely. And the third one's just kind of a throwaway. It's there. Sort two. Of thing. There's a lot of engaging things with two, especially since it's uh, well, we're past the point now of the at the year that it gets to. Because uh, in two, it isn't as far the future as far as it goes, 2015. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's 30 years <laughs> in the future. Don't have flying cars. We no. don't have uh, shoes that lace themselves. Those Jaws are... number 35. Was that what it was? Jaws 19. But 19. they did Directed have... by Max Spielberg. Yes, but they did have um, the 3D hologram, which is pretty much true now. So they got one thing right. <laughs> and everybody's going back to being retro. And they got, they, you know, that's what we're doing now. Would 90s can be considered retro now? Yeah. That's what the kids are doing. Every generation is obsessed with the time they grew up with. So, like, when we, the pod passed, the logo is the 90s. We grew up in the 90s. Mm-hmm. You talk to the old people, like, you listen to old people on Fox News talk, they're obsessed with the 50s. Mm-hmm. That's, when they, that's when they came of age. You should you should see my babysitter for Riley. Uh, her, her uh, She's 14 years old, freshman high school student. And she comes over to watch Riley sometimes, and, like, her just, just the way she dresses. I even said to her one time, I'm like, wow, that is so 90s of you. And she goes, oh, thank you, it's retro. And that's when my heart just completely was in my throat wow. at that moment. Because, you know, what's <laughs> what's popular now, because she was telling me about it. We're getting off track here, but uh, but, but, but what the bear is telling me is that she wears, you know how we were growing up, how the girls had, like, the hip-hugger low jeans? You know what I mean? Yeah, low-riders. Low-rider jeans. Now... It's going up to their belly buttons again. Mm, you know what okay. I mean? It's it's very '90s Converse shoes, so flannel shirts. Was it J- uh, Jinko? Jinko with the giant Jesus puppy Christ. legs. Those are coming back. So when it gets to like the when it gets to the 2020s, the early 2000s will be will be like the trend. That's when we'll bring back the spike tips. All right, and the leather jackets, and the frosty. You can start wearing your frosted your red frosted tips again. I will. I'm gonna go blind though. Now so. the size of this fucking speaker. It's amazing. Does anything like that truly exist? No, but I want to know why the speaker's so big and the guitar is so small. And I wish juxtaposition. Gu- and I and I wish that guitar went up to eleven. <laughs> why eleven? Why not? Well, uh, the question: What's the what is the point he's trying to 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 make here? Is he trying to bust the speaker? No, I just think he wants to play loud music. I think it's the thrill of probably the thrill of that. Okay. <laughs> I don't know if it's the thrill of that because. I'm gonna I'm gonna make a I'm gonna make a statement here that you guys may disagree or agree with me I don't know but from a screenwriting standpoint this movie is damn near perfect. I would agree. It it, it is an A B C screenplay all the way through. Well, the thing that I like uh, best about it when I watched it to to uh, earlier to get prepared for this uh, I noticed there's a lot of everything has a payoff and everything has a purpose. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's I think that's what makes it a very good screenplay. That's what I think. Well, Be- it's it's writing one hundred and one. If yeah. you're gonna set something off, you yeah, what's set up? You gotta pay it off. What's that? What's that called? There's a term for that. Like the guy, some famous dude said, if there's a, if you show a shotgun on the wall, it better come into play in the third act. Oh yeah yeah, um, yeah I know I know what you're talking about. I can't think of the name <laughs> either. But like two two of my examples have just happened in the first two minutes here. One. We get the um, one. We get uh, the news reporter, which would be just a throwaway little snippet because the camera's painted away, saying that, "Hey, uh, in so many words, uh, a bunch of petroleum's been missing." Yeah. Well, we're gonna know in a few scenes in the future here coming up that Doc Brown stole petroleum, 
And then one of the clocks that you saw mm -hmm. looks like a reference to Harold Lloyd from Safety Last, but in the final act, Doc Brown's hanging off the clock tower. That's true. Yeah. Um, and then and then the third thing was, oh fuck, sorry about that. Oh yeah, uh, the, uh, the giant speaker. He just wanted to play it loud, right? Mm -hmm. Boom, right, there's petroleum, so that pays it off. But then, uh, but he wants to play it loud. So then a new scene, so a couple scenes later, we got Huey Lewis in the news himself says, you guys are just too damn loud. Okay. See what I'm saying? It's yeah, too damn yeah. loud. And we saw six, I counted what you guys were talking in the beginning, we saw six Burger King product placements, and here's the <laughs> biggest one now of the sign. We saw a bunch of Whopper logos. Another thing I find interesting, I want to bring this up, he's going to be passing, which was the Cafe 80s in the sequel, okay? you got the 50s diner in the 50s, you got Cafe 80s in the sequel, right? Mm -hmm. And then you got the bar in the other one. That is, now in this reality, it's just a gym. Well, it's a jazzercise. They're exercising and dancing at the same time. It's like the Jane Fonda stuff was popular at the time. Yeah. Mountain Dew baseball cap. <laughs> Salvation is free. He'll, you see, that school doesn't look too bad. Well, now it does with all the graffiti. I like how it's like this dirty and for no reason. This in California? This is in California. Hill okay. Valley, California, yeah. Isn't it the same set from Gremlins? Like the downtown center? I heard it was. But what I love is the school. See, we talk about sets. The school hasn't changed color patterns in 30 years. When we go back into 1955, look at the look at the walls, look at the lockers. It's all the same. It's ridiculous. Did you guys ever watch the sequel and realize that it was not the same chick? Yeah, very oh, obviously. Yeah. They're very obviously not the same person. I didn't. Leah, uh, our, uh, no, Elizabeth Shue. Elizabeth Shue. Leah Thompson's his mother. Yeah. I do think it's funny the the, the recurring joke with the uh, principal here, like he never changes as well. Like right. he goes back thirty years, he looks exactly the same. <laughs> he goes uh, he goes back. Does he meet him in the second one in the future? I don't remember. It's been a long time since I've seen him. I know he meets him in uh, eighty five after Biff has taken over the city. Right. And he looks the same. That would make sense. Well, what's what's interesting is I. You talk about uh, how even the uh, he's the principal, right? Yeah. How he doesn't change. And what's interesting is, is uh, I have almost kind of like a relation to that when I worked at the Andersons, which was an old uh, retail uh, business for the listeners. The majority of the people there always looked like they were still in the 80s. Yep. <laughs> big hair, big frizzled hair, jean jackets, acid washed, uh, acid washed jeans. Yep. Always this one guy, I won't say his name, of course, but always talked about fucking Metallica and Slayer, and I'm just like, wow, you guys have not left at all. You have not left this building or the 80s. <laughs> I love Marty Fly's terrible jean jacket here. Why do we think he's cool? See, I don't think Marty's cool. I yeah. personally don't think he's cool. Yeah, I... but, but people not, but people just, you know, say he's cool. How is he cool? Do they? Is it because he skateboards? <laughs> he plays the guitar. You didn't think Marty was cool when you were a kid? Well, I thought like, he's fun and in, like cool as in like, oh man, I wish I could fucking, you know, yeah. fly on the hoverboard and, you know, I wish I could go back in time, but not like, man, Marty is legitimately an interesting fella. Hmm. While you're on that, because that's an interesting point, I want to come back to that. If you're noticing, because I'm, I'm really watching this movie like I've never watched this movie before. Nice to a critic, you know? There are three businesses that are out of business right now. And it's all adult stuff. See that you got you got bail bonds, you got adult bookstore, that other books out of business. 
You got you got loans. Ask Mr. Foster. Service since 1888. Well, that's in business. That's in business. That's a there. travel. That's a travel thing. Mm-hmm. But you look at this. All that stuff is not going to be there. Oh my God! Gas was a dollar nine. Anyway, <laughs> and all this stuff is going to be beautiful in the 50s. Well, it's that uh, it's the idea, especially like the 80s. It was really big. This whole like urban, this urban deconstruction, and that was a big thing in the 80s too. Like, well, you know, crime and drugs were starting to really take over, and uh, and you see how it really starts affecting small towns, because. Um, Oddly enough, the town that I grew up in, Cross City, is the same way. Oh, it was beautiful in the 50s. Oh, yeah. it was. There was a huge uh, lumber factory. It was thriving. Everything, just businesses left and right. When I was growing up, uh, I think it was about, I think, eighth grade when the lumber company shut down. And then you start seeing everything just get just torn to shit. Mm-hmm. No one really gives a... No one cares anymore. And it's just... It's it's like a postcard. It's like a former postcard. You, you look back on what it was and you see it now and you're like, ugh. <laughs> so now one of my big questions is she says that that 30 years ago lightning struck that tower so everything has not happened yet because that's the always confusing thing about time travel to me it's like i'm gonna go cross that on this question because it's like so marty has not gone back in time yet Right, I mean, like, no. I mean, this, this is, this is, this is reality right now, right? I mean, like, I mean, he did not go. I mean, like, okay, at this point in time in their reality, Marty did was not in the in the eighteen hundreds, was he? Um, yeah. You see what I'm saying? Well, was, no. See, that's the problem. With, that's a lot of problem with time travel is that the story can the the timeline gets so convoluted. Um, because yes, he has been in the past. Because obviously, that's a hundred years ago. Yeah. But. Currently, no, he has not gone to the past. So that has not happened in this reality him. yet. Too. In the reality, it has, but to him, his yeah. personal experience of it has not happened. Okay, but it has happened. Yes. Time travel is one of those things, and this is this is some advice, um, especially for if you're a new writer of any sort, stay away from time travel, at least right now. Build yourself some experience. Even well-experienced writers still fuck up time travel. Which, which they didn't do in this movie, though. I mean... Not to cut you off, but I mean, I mean, come on. I mean, this we established earlier. This is a perfect. Damn well, there is an issue you do run in the fact that, she, like, she's not going to put two and two together as she watches her son mature and realize, oh, hey, he looks just like that guy I had the hots for. Now I know that that's you can be like, oh well, that's thirty years ago. She'd forget it. I don't think he'd forget something like that. No, I don't <laughs> think so either. There's a. And, no matter how safe you try to be with time travel, there's always going to be at least one or two things that get in your way. And you get to a point where you're like, well, either we have to ignore it to move on with the story, or if you just keep going, if you get so anal and anal about every decision, I don't know, I don't think you'd ever get whatever you're writing finished. You're like, I don't know, I I avoid time travel themes like the plague. <laughs> I just, it's, it's, it, it causes a lot of problems. Now, not to be too political here, but, uh, I mean, watching this now, Biff is clearly Trump, right? In the second movie, he's, he is Trump. In yeah. the second movie. <laughs> I mean, look, look the, the sideburns, the hair, the cheap blazer. I mean, yeah. this he's, he's definitely he's definitely Trump. Well, Trump isn't isn't the 80s when Trump came to prominence, when he his yeah. the art of the deal and all that shit. Yeah, so he's definitely still in the 80s. And... He became like the figurehead of what every striving businessman should be. Yeah. Yeah. 
I wonder I, why my uncle looks like him. My one of my favorite aspects of this movie is um, George McFly. I was gonna say his name. I can't fucking remember. Crispin it. Glover. Crispin Glover. Mm. Yeah. I think he gives a great performance in this he movie. He does. Unfortunately, won't come back for the other ones. Crispin Glover is a very underrated actor. I think in the eighties. Yeah. Uh, what's there's this one movie. He's really good in. I can't fucking remember. What's it about? Friday Thirteenth Part Four. Willard. Oh Willard, yes. Willard. Yeah. The Rats. The two thousand three remake. Yeah, he's good in that. Mm -hmm. I like that one. You guys a fan of James Bond at all? Yeah. Oh, you're going to tell a story about his dad? Yeah, his, his dad was a part of the uh, gay henchmen in Diamonds Are Forever. Okay. They don't say they're gay in the movie, but, you know. Well, apparently, in real life, Crispin Glover is kind of an eccentric weirdo. There's this um, interview he did on David Letterman in the seen that. early 90s, I think. <laughs> We've seen that on YouTube. I don't, know, I don't know if he's high out of his mind or he just acts like that, but it's fucking fascinating. That's peanut butter. There's this movie I watched... Um, because when I was younger, we had Showtime, mm -hmm. and late at night they would show these like old 80s kind of softcore porn films. Before mm. the hardcore porn. And this was, uh, um, but it's like a, a real movie, it's not a porno, it's not a, a softcore porno, it's like an actual movie, but the, so, the storyline is this uh, kid just graduates high school, or he's about, to, he's about to graduate high school, but he doesn't have a grade, so his, t his parents um, pay for this lady to come live with them to to be his tutor, I think it's called, I think the movie's called My Tutor, and they end up having a sexual relationship. Um, and besides the woman having very nice tits, I only remember Crispin Glover in it, because he plays the best friend, and there's a scene where he, uh, him and another friend just pull up to the house, and they're really drunk, because they just went down to Mexico for the weekend, and like his mannerism, I remember his mannerism in that scene, how he pretends to be drunk is, it was hysterical. <laughs> so, if you watch My Tutor... Just watch it for Crispin Glover and the, the amazing rack on whatever the blonde lady's name is <laughs> that plays the tutor. Yeah, yeah. What do you guys make of Marty's mom being an alcoholic at this point in the timeline? Nothing? Like, what do you mean? I just, I just find it interesting because, you know, like when we get introduced to her as a teenager, it's just, it's just interesting how her character has gone because, well, you know. I would say, I would assume, kind of fucked up, but I would assume it's, uh, it's still George's demeanor. Like, at this point in this timeline, he's still sort of a pushover. You know, he doesn't stand up for himself. Where, going back in time by hitting Biff, you see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But it sets it up, too, for the happy ending when yeah. you see them when they're successful. Because you can be like, I remember when you were an alcoholic. Do you think that she's actually miserable? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. She has a husband who doesn't pay attention to her. She has. She lives in, like, middle income, almost, almost like, low middle class. You know, she has a milk toast husband. Her children uh, don't really listen to her or pay attention a whole lot. They look lot. like losers, too. Uh, apparently, uh, Marty's sister is a slut, even though, she, I mean, she's got rocking those big shoulder pads. Um, her brother is constantly in jail, you know? And isn't, her and life is not good. And isn't Marty's brother working at Burger King or something like that? Is it Burger King? It, well, I'm assuming so. Burger King's all over this movie. <laughs> I w I, I've always assumed it's literally because of George, you know... Right now, she's talking about it. And look at her; she's like touching her hair and say, "This when he kissed me the first time." Like right there, you can tell that she really, really liked it. Well, she's living in the past because that's where it was best for her. Mm -hmm. Well, now she has crow's feet, and her dad. Look at look look at that guy. And that's the episode they're watching when he goes when Marty goes to her house in the fifties. Again, amazing, they're amazing. Diet Pepsi and uh, light beer. God bless it. 
Was it Crystal Pepsi is uh, big in this? Did he ask for a Crystal Pepsi at the diner? I think he asked for a Crystal Pepsi. No, Pepsi Free. Pepsi Free. Pepsi Free. <laughs> and he goes, if you want a Pepsi, pal, you got to pay for it. That's right. One of my favorite jokes in this movie, we'll get to it later, is when Marty gets a bottle of soda from the machine and he can't figure out how to open up the goddamn top. And George just gets frustrated and just pops open on the side of it, you know? Because that's well, um, funny. One of the things I about movies in the 80s for me was, uh, I don't know why, this is going to be really weird, but Back to the Future, um, uh, the kids' room in Critters, uh, the kids' rooms in The Goonies, I was always fascinated with their bedroom setup. Yeah. And it was always one of those things where I was like, why isn't my bedroom as cool as that? There's always things working, there's always things moving in the background, there's posters all over the place, tons of books, tons of comics. You're like the trashy. inventor. Like yeah, the inventor, yeah. yeah. And it was one of those things where, you know, um, even the kid, the kid's room in, the, in Critters, if you haven't seen Critters, it's a really fun movie, but his room's just decorated full of, like, horror movie memorabilia. Or in Friday the 13th Part 4. Yeah, Corey Feldman. Where it's just nothing but monster magic. Was Leonardo DiCaprio's role in Critters or Critters 3? Was that his first role? That was Critters 3. Thank you. So, it's now 1230 at night. Doc wants Marty to meet him at the Twin Pines Mall. Excuse me. And if you guess smells, I'm sorry. And if you watch the movie, then the movie, it's a different name of the mall, which I don't know why they changed it. It's Lone Pine, I think. Right. Because he runs it over when he goes, when he escapes from the barn. Cute. He runs over one of the pines. Cute. All right. No, like everything I said, everything is yeah. payoff. So, a DeLorean. Hell yeah. Now, I want one. They use, so I've only been able to fathom, because outside of this uh, and like stuff that referenced this, I've never seen an actual DeLorean. I did watch a documentary about the history of DeLorean. Oh, you watched that too? That's so interesting. They went out of business because the guy who was running the company got caught like distributing cocaine. Like, yeah. Importing cocaine. <laughs> in the cars, right? <laughs> Not in the cars, no. I thought no. it was in the cars. No, he was just like, he was a drug dealer, like a high level, because he made a lot of money off those. Yeah. And then they discovered that, oh, hey, he's importing cocaine, so he's in prison, and he had to sell off the company. Um... But I've never seen anyone talk about DeLoreans and not mention Back to the Future. And I think the only reason they would have used this is because it looks futuristic. Is that, is that Would that be the only reason? Because it's not a pretty car. Or do you think it's because maybe back in 1985, the 85, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, 85, maybe they even thought that, okay, this car is suited for Donald Trump and that's it. You know what I mean? Like, Is I it mean, the Lamborghini doors? Could be. Is that because like I don't? I, I mean, don't the, the sports car, the the sports cars that we know of started getting prevalence, like real high, and especially in the eighties. Like that's when Lamborghini was really starting to make a presence. As Porsche. Well. Yeah. It's like because just looking at that, like the the color scheme the stick, on yeah. it, and just it looks like sheet metal. I don't understand how that would. People would look at that and be like, that is sexy. That's gonna get me some puss, you know? <laughs> it, it, it it did. It did. But, I mean, the same thing can almost be said for the 1957 Plymouth Fury, which became known as Christine. Ah. You see what I mean? That was almost like, that was a staple car in the 50s to have. But whenever anyone talks about a, a Plymouth Fury, all anybody really thinks of is Christine. You know? True. Would you guys agree with me that when, uh, when, the, uh, when the car actually goes back in the time here, 
you have a really bad flame effect, right? Because they're clearly standing in the flame, but they're not. Yeah, no, it's the the special effect on it isn't that good. It's very obvious, yeah. either blue screen or some sort of uh, matte stuff they're working on. Uh, that's why I thought it was. I always love that joke when Doc Brown just looks at Marty when he tries to. He's <laughs> like, should I not do this? Now, see, now Doc Brown's crazy. Because yeah. he has not tested this yet. This century. And he, he just says, stand, it, it could not have gone. Right. But I think people have talked about this before, like the potential danger of what would happen if it didn't. <laughs> right isn't there, there, dead. Isn't there a theory out there where, like they said, Doc Brown's suicidal or something like that? I that, think that, so. That, I would believe that. Because he just said, what if I... What did I tell Aiden Myers? I mean, he, he did not know for a hundred percent fact. His calculations are telling him that, right? But it, but that's the point. Of, that's the point of science and experimentation. You don't know. You hope you have the hypothesis. Yes. Hypothesis: I'll drive this eighty-eight miles an hour. It'll go back in time. Now, why do I have to stand in front of it? That's what I'm saying. It doesn't hit me. Stand I don't. I don't have an answer for that one. And I'm and, <laughs> and, and, and I'm 50 plus years old in a Mar parking lot with a 17 year old boy that I'm probably gonna massacre. That's true. You see what I'm saying? And I love how those flames just went away. Well, what's what's there burning? There's nothing on there for the fire to burn. I just it's just some stuff is crazy, but the movie this sucks. This is why I hate this show sometimes because. <laughs> Like, I love this movie so much, I can forgive everything, but now I'm watching this with critic eyes, and I'm just like, oh. Like, like his watch. Who wears that watch? He has a watch, he has a silver watch, Doc Brown does, with all buttons. You're, you're, it's a calculator uh, watch, it's not all buttons, it's a calculator. It's you're, a calculator? Uh, yeah. You're experiencing what we call nitpicking. Yes. <laughs> yes. Now, they're going to bring up something that's never brought up again, even after this scene for the rest of the franchise. Doc Brown goes to open up the car, and he goes, no, it's cold, it's damn cold. That never happens again. That's true. Hmm. This never happens again. But he'll, but Einstein only went back, what, a minute? A minute. You know what I mean? Like, that doesn't happen. Like, what happened, like, a big cloud of, like, vapor cloud, yeah. whatever, came out of the back of the DeLorean. That doesn't happen again throughout the rest well, of the Well, are, are improvements made to the DeLorean over the three course, over the three movies? The second movie does well, when he comes back. Well, even at, the, even at this one, at the end of this one, when he comes back, there's no mention of that. Yeah. When he goes to the past, then there's no See, mention look, of See, look, it. it's covered in ice. But it's also hovering at the end of this one, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, that, I mean, that's maybe the improvement just in, the, in the hovering no longer allows it to be frozen. Maybe, but you'll see it then in the movie. I was frozen today. <laughs> <laughs> Come, uh, suburban, or uh, is it? No, that's not. Yeah, yeah Suburban Command. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll see it in the movie, though, when Marty comes back, because at the end of this movie, Marty crash crashes into the movie theater. He comes back. It's frozen. It, it, it looks like it's cold, but it's not It's not like this at all. And they don't even mention it ever again after that. So that's okay, though. That's why, do you, okay. why do you think it was frozen? Like, what, what would cause it to do that? Is it just because such, such I, an... I think, well, I've, I think why they have it in there is just a visual representation of it went somewhere mm -hmm. and came back, because it's, obviously it's not winter there. It comes back, it's covered in ice. Um, why... I, well, it's because, I would imagine it's because it's going through uh, an unknown dimension, technically. So it's, it's almost like um, almost like an absurd pressure that happens, so like when you're re-entering. Yeah. Yeah. I'd agree with that. 
November 5th, 1955. Um, so I want a life preserver. A life preserver? Because that's, that's what they call it. Oh, you mean just a, you mean a vest? Yeah, but they call it a life preserver. Oh. Move. <laughs> I want right. it. They're like, they're like, I want a life preserver. I, I, I love the terrible makeup on Christopher Lloyd. Look at his neck. It's beautiful. It oh, makes, the old age makeup? It's bad. Look at that. Yeah. No, nobody's neck is that well, see, that That's also the problem with uh, with HD now. Like 1080 and, and you know now that we're getting we're creeping into 4K. Yeah. We're going to start noticing those little details. That's something you've never noticed before on a VHS. Wait a minute. Christopher Lloyd had a mole on his forehead the whole time? <laughs> <laughs> you know, like... Look that's the that's the beauty of HD. Like it, I'm glad I'm, I'm I'm able to see the movie in its in its best form possible. Mm -hmm. But you are noticing little mistakes more. I always kind of wanted to ask this question about why is because we never really know in the other movies why Doc Brown and Marty even hang out. Because it is weird that a 50 year old crazy suicidal doctor that j scientist that just made a time machine out of a DeLorean is hanging out with a 17 year old high school boy. Um, he helps him with his experiments. I, I think it's just Marty's way of getting out of the house. Yeah, but how did Marty and Doc Brown... I mean, like, shouldn't that have been something in the third movie? Instead of going back in the 1800s, going back to more of Marty and Doc Brown's relationship? Maybe? I think maybe you should read the novelization. Do they actually have a novelization? They, they novelized every movie back uh, in the 80s. That's true. They did. That's they when did everything a, had a marketing tie-in somewhere. They did do a novelization of Jaws the Revenge. You know, I could look at it this, this way. <clears throat> Marty strikes me as the person who not only does he have fun and the thrill with Doc Brown, but when it comes time for projects for school, mm. there's immediate help. Doc Brown helps him. So Doc Brown has to steal petroleum. Plutonium. Plutonium. To make it work. And yeah. that is forgotten after this movie because... He goes back to the he goes to the future and they and they run it off of Mr. Fuel, which is recycled material. Yeah, he he just needs that's the easiest way to produce the one point was it one point twenty one one point twenty one gigawatts. That's the easiest way to do that. He has no other option because as he says in the past, if you use the lightning, you have to know exactly when it's going to hit. Mm -hmm. Which thanks to the save the save the clock tower scene. Mm -hmm. We know exactly when it's gonna hit. And just thank God that he went back November fifth, nineteen fifty-five, because the because the lightning strikes the clock, the clock tower a whole week later. That's true. So thank God he goes back. Cause what if he went back in January of fifty-five? He'd wait a whole year. Yeah, it's called serendipity. It's very serendipitous. I think someone might have wrote it. Maybe. Part of a screenplay. Maybe. There's this. Um, I think it's on Tumblr. Some some Tumblr user has written um, their own analysis mm -hmm. of this film, as well as a novelization, their own version, and it's told from the perspective of the Libyan terrorists. Well, that's amazing. Yeah, I've I've read I read like maybe a page, and it is interesting, but you know you have to have time to devote to it because it's like five years worth of Tumblr posts. Yeah. But yeah. We're getting to the scene with the Libyan terrorists, which which is ridiculous. But this it's fun though. It's it's forgiving. Yeah. They're in a they're in a they're in a, a 70s bus. Seventies hippie bus, man. Yeah. And then Doc Brown just randomly has a gun. Well, he knew the Libyan terrorists were going to come after him. You got to be prepared. But then that also harkens back to you know when they go to the Wild West. Mm -hmm. 
I think. I'm not sure. And then they kill him. And here's the thing. Oh, the, the gun you're talking about yeah. itself. Yeah. yeah. Which, for the, oh. The I didn't even notice that until now. I don't know if that was the plan or not, but that'd be a fun little coincidence. Here is the, uh, here's the fun fact, moviegoers. If you are in a movie and you have a gun and you're going to kill the main character, always shoot him in the head. Why do you shoot him in the chest? Just shoot him in the head. Because they're in a the movie. You can't kill the main character. <laughs> we've, we've invested into Marty. We're like, yeah, we like stuff. Not Marty, the doc. Oh, doc. Shoot him in the head. We haven't really got to know Doc that well other than he's trying to kill himself so right and, now, his, and a small child. So right now, Doc does not have the bulletproof vest on. Right now, he's dead. Because Marty has not gone back yet. Well, see, that's and the... Again, timeline. Again, that's the thing you run into with uh, the, the whole time travel aspect. Because Doc would know, should know who Marty is uh -huh. from the past. Yep. But he, I mean, unless he's like very good at lying to people, mm -hmm. which for all we know, he may be. Mm -hmm. Uh... He doesn't, he, you know, he doesn't know Marty, so technically yes, technically no, yeah. I would say. It's a 50-50 with that, isn't it? J.C. Penny, my mom's still shot, so. The Libyans are trying to shoot Marty. And, uh, uh-oh, 85. Marty's, Marty forgot that you have to go 88 miles per hour, I'm assuming, at this point. Only sorry, Marty doesn't know he put the time circuit on. Or maybe Marty doesn't give a fuck. I don't know. I think Marty's just trying to get away. At this point, he's like, "Oh, I don't want to die." Well, uh, of course, the I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna get laid for the first time. Yeah, with this four by four that he wants that he can't get. I did notice too that the score for this. I mean, and I don't know if the score for this was popular back in the '80s. I just uh, hearing it now. It sounds very generic to me. A lot of the background music that we hear. Like, especially that little triumphant uh, thing we just had. Like, that feels like every early 90s big budget sort of adventure flick. But see, but that's what makes it good because I cannot tell you, besides Lord of the Rings trilogy, of a very uh, good uh, movie score in a while. And I, I think it's very simple. I mean, Lord of the Rings is a very simple one, Jaws is simple, and Jurassic Park is simple, this is simple. I mean, very simple music is very good. I don't know. I think there's... I, I can name a couple more. Like, uh, I think the Avengers, I think, that has, has a very recognizable one. Mm, I don't know that one yet. Um, I think Sherlock Holmes. The Sherlock Holmes movies, I think it's very recognizable. Wish they made a third one. They're making a third one? I said wish. Oh, oh you wish. I like those first two movies. I do, too. I like how they think it's a spaceship. That's wonderful. Now, nobody's... Now... Now, now we're just going to forget about this farmer and his family seeing a space alien. Like, wouldn't it be great for just a script, or maybe I'm thinking too much into it, of, you know, throughout Marty's time there, there's the family in the background somewhere saying, the aliens are real, or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, kind of Well, like, isn't, there, isn't there a news report, or the paper says something about aliens? I don't know. Let's see. I could have sworn there's, like, he, he gets a paper, or George is reading a paper, and this is something about space aliens. I don't know. We'll see. I don't know. But I just thought that would be kind of cool, like, every once in a while, you know, like, in, like in the background, I hit the family, you know. Like, space aliens are real, you know. <laughs> He's already mutated into human form. <laughs> you mutated son of a bitch. I think this, I think this guy is in, uh, 
I, if I'm, I might be wrong. I think he's in Silent Night Deadly Night. The, the Christmas horror movie? Where he, uh, he's, he's like, Christmas time is the scariest goddamn time of the year. See, that's Mr. Peabody. Yeah. And Doc told Marty that Mr. Peabody used to own all this land, yeah. which is now the mall. Twin Pines. Yeah, Twin Pines Mall. And then you saw Marty run over one of the pines he's that had their, my own, pine. had their only, had a fence around just those two. Mm-hmm. So now it's the Lone Pine because he, yes. That's amazing. I like how few scenes prior, all this was suburbia. And then he just now realizes that they're just now starting to build the road for his uh, suburban middle class area. Yeah, the Lines of state. The development. Look at that. Isn't that interesting? Now, you would you would shit yourself at this point, right guys? Oh, I'd be crying. I wouldn't know what the fuck to do. <laughs> what, do I, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? And I love how every home's the 50s. That's exactly what Marty's home looks like. Yeah. But you are a white male in the 50s. I think life would be pretty much okay for Dressing you. like that, though. He's an alien! Get away! <laughs> <laughs> I would be thinking, like, oh, I have no money. Like, I... I, mean, I might be like my money may be worth twice as much, but twenty bucks isn't you know. Twenty, not gonna, 20 not, bucks. Not gonna last me very long. Twenty bucks will last you a month, I bet. Well, especially I mean, especially if it went back now, I don't carry cash on me. I just use debit card. Yeah, I'd that's be true. Fucked. You would be fucked. <laughs> I'm burping in there. I apologize. Well, you shouldn't be down in the Miller Lights, that yeah. fine Pilsner, so fast. Hey, you know what Biff drinks it? I drink it too. Biff drinks Miller Light. At the end of the movie, he says, all you have for me is light beer, and he pulls out a can that looks just like this. Yeah. <laughs> now, none of the construction workers, when they come back during the week, is going to see that. Yeah, that's one, that's one of the things I, I, know, <laughs> I didn't understand either. It's like he hides it under brush, mm. but not very well. Mm. I find this interesting, by the way. In the movie, they have two different rival beer sponsorships. They have Miller, which you just saw another Red Miller truck right there. Yep. And then they had Bud Light. They did. Interesting. So now we're going to look at all the businesses here. Everything looks great. See, look. Ask Mr. Foster Travel Services there. Mm. The porn theater is just a red and white diner. I think that's the diner where like Doc a, Brown's in. I think it might be a pharmacy. Uh, the gas station is uh, Texaco. It's still Texaco. But the guys come out and... It's fucking self-having uh, service for you. Like Swan and had one until 1998. Really, that yeah. far? My mom went to it because... Of course little... your mom went to it. No, actually, my mom had a legitimate... <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, mom had a legitimate reason. I always asked her, say, Mom, why'd you go to that one? And she goes, Cause I, because I because I had a little kid in my car, and I didn't want to keep on constantly in and out, in and out, in and out, you know, and, and didn't want to leave you in the car. Mm. So they would come out and pump it for me. I was like, that's cool. It Stationers, is. Stationers. Stationers, yep. See, here's the thing. So I have this affinity for films set in the 50s, not necessarily ones that are made in the 50s. Because um, I, like I like the look of everything. But if it's made after that era, going back to that era, mm-hmm. there's always, no matter the subject matter, like if you, something like Far From Heaven, which is about like a woman whose husband cheats on her with another man. Or Pleasantville. Pleasantville, yeah, that's yeah. a good one. Um, and then there's always, no matter how dark or light the subject matter, there's always seems to be, at least to me, this reverence for that era. Because I, like, I feel like everyone's like, oh, that's the last time everything was simple and good. Before, well, I mean, this, like was, the, this was the decompression after WW2. Yeah, before Vietnam. Yeah. yeah. Before the civil rights and all that stuff. I do agree with that statement, though. I mean, like, from what I've read, from what I've seen, it's it seems it seemed 
like at this point in time, in the 50s, 55, it, it seemed like a very simple time. Other than still racial issues, racial and sexuality issues. Yeah. I politically, mean, economically, especially economically. Yeah. Everything was, yeah, I mean, you were, that I've always, been, I've always read and heard that too, that the 50s, you know, I mean, that even our dad was born in 57, mm-hmm. even though he didn't get to experience the 50s, you know, cognitively. Mm-hmm. Um, he still remembers like hearing his mom, he, our grandma Hooberry and grandpa Sawkill. Mm-hmm. He remembers them saying like the fifties, man, it was, you didn't have to worry about much. Like nothing really was to worry about. Mm-hmm. I agree. And that's interesting. I mean, I, I would even, I mean, other than maybe, you know, I'd say the eighties would be the same way. Oh, eighties was bad. Other than, you know, you know, the AIDS scare and cocaine and Reagan. <laughs> <laughs> the crack epidemic, and all the serial killers that we've learned about. But in terms of entertainment, I've always looked at the 80s as like a freedom, you know, where, where, the, where the books were written, how the movies were made in television. I do like how a lot of kids' movies made in the 80s, when we watch them now compared to our kids' movies, yeah, like they're a lot more adult. Yeah. And there's a, <laughs> like this movie, Marty has been shot at four times. He almost got murdered with a bazooka. Yeah. And we saw Doc Brown die. And this, is a, yeah. this is a family film. Yeah. And then he wanted uh, a tab, and he couldn't have a tab. Because, you know. See, okay, so I just like... I like how everything in the 50s looks. Like, I like that car in the background. I like how that diner's set up. I like the clothes they're wearing. The hairstyles are yeah. different. Like, I just... There's just something about this era, like, visually to me, that is And the guy appealing. wearing his 3D glasses for no reason. Should, he's just being a dick. I think the reason why the 50s are is so appealing... I, I don't... I'm not to speak for you, but for me, it's... It's... Color was so vibrant. Yeah, it was everywhere. Yeah. I just... I just... Because... Because, because the guy's not wearing, of course, the standard real D glasses now... So he's he, he's seen red and red and blue right now, <laughs> red and green. He's seen that. Well, maybe that's when um, 3D stuff was first getting popular. No, it was. It was. It as the gimmick. But it was. But I'm just like that guy in just normal everyday life is seeing red and blue. Yeah, the uh, the, uh, the William the William Castle movies, the William Castle horror movies, were really big in the 3D then. Now, guys, what a mind fuck. You know, you're you're a 17-year-old kid. You just got shot at a bunch of times. Everything is happening. You clearly understand that you're in a time machine and you're back in the 50s. And now you're sitting next to your dweeb of a dad. Do you stare right now like Marty's doing? Absolutely. Or yeah. do you or do you or, or what do if you, what if we saw sh- dad in like dad graduated in, in the 75? Yeah. So what if we went back to the 70s? Yeah. And we <laughs> saw dad with this saw dad with his Jufro and his belt bottoms. He had a Jufro? Oh yeah, he That's did. beautiful. And, and, of course, a full beard. So, It's funny, though. Dad's beard's just like mine. It's amazing, those pictures. But what's... I, I've even... You know, we've all had... All of our parents have done the classic, well, what we could buy with 10 cents. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's... It is interesting to know, like, what 10 cents got you then. Yeah, because it just said at five, at 5 cents for a cup of coffee. 10 cents, you got two cups. Now it's uh, 99 cents or more. <laughs> Fucking dollar seventy nine for a Snickers bar. <laughs> Speaking of Snickers, you have Mounds Bar and you have Almond Joys. You got Toblerones there in the background. Look at that. I I agree with you, Ryan. I've always had a fascination in movies, especially, and even in books. Like, cause Stephen King, a lot of his past, 
recollection it, is always in the 50s. Yeah, I like, I like it. I like he gets the period setting down very well in it. But there's something with the 50s that's always... It's almost like there's so much color and there's so much safety, yet the best horror stories, I think, are always ones that are under the covers. And, and being, the 50s are always... The 50s remind me of, like, what's on the surface is amazing, mm-hmm. but underneath it all is always something horrifying. And that's what, like... Uh, have you ever seen the movie Parents? Yeah. With Randy Quaid? You showed me that. You that showed me that. familiar, but I don't think I've seen that's it. That's another movie that takes place in the 50s, and it's about cannibalistic parents and this little boy discovering it. Yeah, okay. I haven't seen it, but I know what you're talking about. Yeah. That's a perfect representation of what I'm, like, saying. It's, like, it, the whole the whole facade is gorgeous to look at but underneath it all there's just something just like the taboos are very rich and i feel like there was a lot of taboos in the 50s like speaking of which how would you feel if you found out your father when he was younger was a peeping tom mm. what would your first inclination be i would be just like him he's a peeping tom but see <laughs> but see now you know the story you know the story the mom has said it. your drunk mother has said it numerous times that your dad and I never would have gone to the dance unless he got hit by the car. And you see the car coming, I know, you know, you. I know why he did it, but I'm just saying, like, I mean, why would you react so quickly? You know, because he's your dad? I, I don't know. But it's like, but you know that story. You know that dad got hit by a car, and that's why everybody's here. Well, maybe he's dumbfounded by the fact he realized he just discovered his dad's a creep. Yeah. Well, he also doesn't know the rules of time travel yet until he meets up with Doc Brown again in the 50s. True. <clears throat> God, I love that line. Calvin. Why do you keep on calling me Calvin? It's all over your underwear. <laughs> <laughs> what were you doing when I was asleep? <clears throat> okay, Brandon. Le- Leah Thompson. Brandon? Yeah. A banger? No. You want to bang Leah Thompson? Oh, you mean yeah, as Marty? Or as myself? Ah, do I want to get weird or not? <laughs> Let's just say as yourself. As myself? Absolutely. Yeah. It's Leah Thompson. Now, would you bang her wearing purple Calvin Klein man briefs? I think I would I would take her <coughs> any way that she would want me to take her. All right. Because I've never owned a purple pair of man hey, briefs. Hey, let me tell you what. If Howard the Duck can score with her, yeah, anybody can score with when her. When did that come out? 86. So this was only two years after. Yeah. God, Leah Thompson's hot in the 80s. <laughs> now, she's your mom. Mm-hmm. What do you do? What do you mean, what do I do? What do you do? What Nothing. do you do? What do you do? <laughs> exactly what Marty's doing. <laughs> what do you do? What do you do? I mean, like, I mean, is it bad if you get a stiff? I mean, is it bad? I'm just asking. I don't think you... I I (coughs) assume most of us wouldn't. I don't know. Would you? Would you not? What? What happens if you get a stiff right now? This is your Oh, when your mom's touching you? Yeah. I mean, it's something that you would... uh, I mean, like, I'd be incredibly embarrassed about. But, I mean, sometimes it's just, like, a reaction. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not gonna gonna lie, right? Like, I heard you guys. Leah Thompson's gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And like the shock of everything weighing down on you at that moment. Mm-hmm. Like I was telling Jordan, like when an anthropomorphic duck falls for you, you, you gotta fall for it. Rabbit ears. I'm surprised there's no tinfoil on it. I love the joke too, and he's like, yeah, we got three TVs, and they're like, no. When I was a kid growing up, I was like, hey, that's the son of a bitch from the Wonder Years. Oh, yeah. The it brother with the coonskin hat. Wayne. Yep. 
wonderful show. Uncle Joey, get used to these bars, kid. Now, see, that, that show focused more on the 60s, didn't it? It was yeah, all sexy. So this... <laughs> I'll be like meatloaf. Do you think that picture, that painting in the background, that has prominent placing, has any, any bearing on anything? No, it's a founding of Hill Valley? Uh, what is it? I don't know. It just looks like a farm community. <laughs> Jackie Gleason. He's also drinking Miller High Life. Yeah. A champagne is, of beers. Is it High Life or is it High Life light? I want to know. If it's blue, it's light. If it's red, it's regular. So, Nat, do you think that... So, just sitting down or watching the scene of her family sitting down at the table to eat and almost nobody's paying attention to each other. Yeah. Which is how it was in her adult life. Do you think that also adds to her alcoholism? She's like, my life is exactly how I hoped it would never be. I don't think so. I think that she's literally depressed that... Because, I mean, really? Lorraine could get any guy she wants, I think. Personally. But... I think that she's just so depressed that she realizes, wow, I've married this loser whose son gives him a kiss in the forehead and says, time to change your oil. You know what I mean? Like, I think she's just depressed on who she ends up with. Well, I don't but know. everybody's talking here. Well, they're talking, but they're not engaging. You know, there's a difference, I think. And I think the, the introduction of the television, which there's been numerous papers written on it already, how what the television has done to the American family. Maybe, you know I mean? maybe. That's they why Gina doesn't allow us to have TV in the, in the they kitchen. They say that the air conditioner ruined uh, neighbors. Like nobody's friendly anymore. Because it used to be on hot days, people would have to sit outside because the air would get hot in the house. Yeah. So they sit on the porch, people walk by, strike up conversations. But if you're inside with the air conditioner on, you're never outside to strike up conversations. That's interesting. I never thought of it that way. Mm. He just said uh, John F. Kennedy Drive. No such thing. Because... He's not dead yet. He's not even president yet. He's not president. He's 55. He's still a senator. Mm-hmm. War hero. She just grabbed his leg. Marty's mom just grabbed his leg. See, and I like the design of the Pepsi bottle. Like, it just looks better. Yeah, everything, well, besides the furniture. He's drinking regular high life. Regular high life, and then he has the milk and the jug. Yeah. Comes from upbringing. Comes from upbringing. His parents are probably idiots. There you go. Jokes, everything's tying back in. Yeah. Now, this is interesting. When we get in the beginning of the movie with all the clocks, Marty goes into Doc Brown's garage, and outside of the garage, right next to him, is the city streets with, with Burger King. Yes. He comes to Doc Brown's house now. It's a fucking mansion. Well, he, um, Doc Brown's, uh, over the years, sold off his estate so he could pay for the to build the DeLorean. Yeah, but I was saying... Wow, what a mind shocker. You know what I mean? Because you get something that's just so... It's different. It's a, yeah. It's a, that's the whole point of him going back in time, is that everything's a shock to him. Mm -hmm. Like, we are we are experiencing everything because we're following Marty, the main character, so everything's a shock to him, and it's supposed to be a shock to us. Mm -hmm. Besides the time machine, everything else has been a failure, I think. We only need one success to be remembered, right? I guess so. You don't need to. You don't have to have thirty successful inventions for people to remember you. You know, Alexander Graham Bell. Telephone. One invention. <laughs> we remember him. Yeah. Edison. Zero inventions. We remember him. Right. But Tesla gets no recognition. Yes. <laughs> 
I forget uh, what's the device on his head. What what says? He's uh, reading his thoughts. He's oh, gonna read, okay. he's gonna read Marty's thoughts. Do you know what this means? This means the fifth damn thing doesn't work at all. Christopher Lloyd is a he's that's another he's had a prolific career. Like it's one of those guys, one of those actors that he can be a main a main lead, but he's. I don't know. I think has he ever been a main lead in a movie or a TV show? I I imagine because I think I went on his IMDb not too long ago and he's I think he's got close to 80, 90 credits. It's like all the stuff he's known for. He's usually just the quirky sidekick, like Taxi. Right. He's the weird dude that's just always there. Here, Doc Brown. He's in that Piranha remake. Yeah, where he plays a scientist. He does a lot of uh, a lot of his credits are voice acting though too. I remember being a kid. Watching Malcolm in the Middle, mm. he plays Brian Cran. He plays Hal's dad, mm-hmm. and I thought that, like as a kid, I thought that was, I was like that's pretty. That's pretty good casting. That's Doc Brown. <laughs> mm-hmm. I only know him from two things: this and Camp Nowhere. Oh God, Camp he is Nowhere. Camp Nowhere. Yep. What's the one that's? Because uh, when I was a kid, um, when I was a kid, the movie, the movie theater, the video store I used to go to down the street, um, in their general titles section, comedy. There's there's that one. Camp Nowhere. Then there's another movie that's kind of the same thing, uh, but it's got Chris Elliott in it. You guys remember that one? Cabin Boy. Cabin Boy. Yep. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> I always got those two confused. Yep. Cabin Boy. And then there's that one. Isn't there one with um... uh, Daniel Stern? Yeah. Bushwhacked. 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 Yeah. Yep. Bushwhacked. <laughs> yeah. Watched all those. Yep. Thank God Doc Brown told Marty in the '80s before he was brutally massacred by the Libyans. That in 1955 he slipped and, and, and hit his head. See, I don't know how they don't find that. <laughs> like that's very half-assed. Well, hold on. I don't know. I didn't see it. They did said Sunday, November 5th, 1955. So they're so, not working. Oh, okay. well, that's true. It's Sunday, work. so they they cover their tracks on that one right now. Yeah. We do have folks for the little behind the scenes. We have we have subtitles on. So I've been reading along while we're doing all this stuff. And, uh, yeah. So, it is a Sunday, and they do take the car back. What I, what I like about the Flux Capacitor, it, it's become such an iconic piece, just like the DeLorean. Um, there's there's a lot of uh, small, independent toy companies now that will sell you that have just the Flux Capacitor. And it's interesting that, uh, in some cases, it gets more attention than the actual DeLorean. Okay, now, this could not work, people. Marty McFly just hooked up a JVC 80s camcorder to a 1955 TV. They did not have the plugs for them. Well. No way. Well, I'm going to venture to guess, since Doc Brown is a scientist, there is some sort of soldering, soldering, whatever the proper pronunciation is, to mesh the wires together to get. Because they never take it off that stand again, I don't recall. Yeah. So maybe they just hardwired it into the TV. I don't know, but he... what uh, did the uh, did the Super 8 camera have any any way of uh, like transferring to the television? No, it's just straight film. Straight film. That's yeah. okay. Yeah, it's not a digital thing. But I do agree that is kind of a. But I think the easy explanation for that is he's a scientist. Yeah. He can finag- He can make a time machine. I'm pretty sure he can finagle that. And finagle off of. Freaking out over 1.21 gigawatts. So you see now it's Sunday night, and they somehow 
And, of course, they drove that DeLorean back to his house in the middle of town, and nobody saw it. Well, like I said, this is, like I said, this is back when everything was simple and easy. Nobody, like, everybody looked the other way. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. When, when a black man was being lynched, they looked the other way. Exactly. Back in the good old days. <laughs> That was wrong. I apologize. That I, I, a, no, no, no. My comments, my comments. I'm, I, I have tons of jokes, but no. so he's got Einstein, Franklin, Newton, and Edison. Yeah. Do you think? Do you agree with those? Those are not his, Edison. Those are his his main guys. Did Edison create the light bulb? Edison's a fucking asshat. Edison stole almost every one of his inventions. Didn't he also create the camera? The film, the film camera? No, he didn't make the film camera. No. He's the one who. Um, he he produced a bunch of short films to make he did, money. He did he did he did he did Frankenstein. He probably did Frank. He did a bunch of them. But the the thing with Edison uh, that a lot of a lot of like history nerds and like science nerds, it's uh, uh, Edison had was huge competition with Tesla. Tesla and Edison hated each other. Oh. And uh, Tesla never got recognition. Still to this day, he doesn't really. Uh, Edison anything that Edison pretty much is behind, he got a lot from through Tesla. History has officially repeated itself, and because then Edison and Tesla is Jobs and Gates. Jobs, Steve Jobs well, no, has never. No, 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 because Tesla died poor. Yeah. He oh. Tesla was of the the mind that these are things that will better the world. Why should I make money off of them? Oh. Whereas Edison, Edison was, was all like, about money. <laughs> because will better the world. I will get a lot of money from this. Right. I like to break the fourth wall there for a second. Um, but see, Tesla ended up becoming a martyr, though, because a lot of people respect him now more than Edison. So then, so the, so Edison is Jobs because Jobs never, Steve Jobs never invented a damn thing. Yeah, they're both giant assets. Yeah, yeah. But Steve Jobs gave us a lot of cool shit, though. Well, his company did. Yeah, but he, yeah, but he was like, hey, I want to make a phone with no with no buttons. I mean, thank you. <laughs> he had the idea. He what's just, that? What's that? From the, the movie with Michael Fassbender, yeah. I'm going to put all that music in your pocket. Yeah. That was, I didn't like that one. But that's, but that's what he said. If it, if it, that is literally <laughs> verbatim what he said, because that's really on the fucking nose. <laughs> like, that movie is incredibly well written. That movie's amazing. And that line fucking sticks out because it's so bad. Really? Yeah. I, I, I love that movie. I watched the movie a lot. I'm not saying it's a bad movie. Yeah. I think I think, I think think that's a very good movie. I think Michael Fassbender should have won the Oscar that year. Yeah, but he's, but he's, he's, he's not a good Steve Jobs. I thought Ashton Kutcher did a better Jobs. <laughs> but I, I think that Fassbender's a better actor. I mean, if you want to go to the point of who looks more like Steve Jobs, Ashton Kutcher sure did. I mean, Michael Fassbender is the it doesn't matter. We're talking about this movie. <laughs> uh, anyway, but yes, yeah, you look, paint job still the same. See, one of the things I like about here's here's something I would have loved to have seen. Just it, it didn't ha it wouldn't have to be long. I would love to see Marty having to adjust to buying the clothes, getting the haircut. Yeah. Um, there's a great moment in uh, Hulu's 22, 11, 2263, which is a Stephen King adaptation that has James Franco. And there's a moment where James Franco goes back to the 50s, or goes back to the 60s, and he has to understand, well, here's what I ha here's how I have to dress, here's how I have to make sure my hair is. And there's a great almost five-minute sequence montage of him understanding what he has to do. Mm -hmm. I would have loved to have seen that in this, too. Like, Marty having to understand, well, you know. 
maybe not as not as quirky as like an '80s montage usually ends up being. You know, like you're the best. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <right. laughs> it's like um, you guys have you guys seen Carrie recently? Uh, the the original was the original, basic. Yeah. yeah, about a year ago. There's like this abrupt, like there's a scene montage where they're trying on their dresses and their tuxes. Yeah. It just fucking stops the movie. Yeah, because the music. <laughs> yeah, something like that. I would have loved to see Marty go through that that recognition of like, well, hey, this is what I have to do now. Uh, a moon pie is how much? Anyway. See, I like see, I like how those girls look. Yeah. Like, Lorraine I, is not correct though. I like the poodle skirts. I like how everything is tidy. I don't know. Like, I'm not conservative, but like, I just visually that's appealing to me. Do you think we're getting to a point now where our decades are hard to distinguish? Compared to like you can always you always know what's fifties you always know what's eighties. I do think I do think we kind of are like the early two thousands kind of is different but not drastically. Yeah. Like if you go back to early nineties, you can tell it's early nineties because you got the whole grunge movement. We've never had I don't think we've had a cultural kind of a, a big counterculture movement that swept up like grunge did, right? Um, like the hippie culture did in the sixties, stuff like that, or like the uh, yuppie culture in the eighties. Mm-hmm. I don't think that we've our generation has gone through anything like that. Right. No, because we're too busy trying to be like every other generation but, uh, before us. That, That's yeah. true. That's true. And, yeah. I, and it kind of saddens me because it's like every decade, if you think about it, like even as far back as the 20s, the Roaring 20s, like every decade has their pronoun... There's, there's a... Their visual identifiers. Right. And we don't, we don't, we're not getting them anymore. Yeah, unless you want to talk, like, unless you want to count, like, if somebody has a, a smartphone. Right. Yeah. Like, but, like, visual clothing. In terms of, like, clothing, cars, well, uh, structure, like, architecture. Well, before 2005, we had the... Frosted tips. We had the frosted tips. Right. We had, we had, in music, we had, we had pop music was just as big as it was in the 80s. We also had... You know, new different kinds of rock. We had new metal. You had rap metal. You know, Limp Bizkit or Corn. You know, stuff like that. We're talking about clothing, like and like, then, a, a, like an immediate visual that you can get. Like you can look at this stuff and be like, hey, that's, that's, that's 50s. fifties. Take place in the fifties. You can look at something like Reality Bites and you can be like, okay, that's early nineties, yeah. obviously. Or even like the beginning of this movie, right off the, you're like, fuck, that's eighties. Or you throw in Goonies and you're like, that's. 80s. I got I got something that's gonna be completely. I'm gonna throw a curveball to you guys because it was on TV the other day and I was just flipping through the channels. Uh, Crossroads, Britney Spears was on TV. It was on Showtime. <laughs> so I was like, Britney Spears is hot. I'm going to check it out for five minutes. And I watched the whole movie. No, I didn't. But anyway. Uh, but I was like, oh, this is early 2000s. It's an early role for Zoe Saldana. Yeah. Mm. Um, because Britney and all the girls were wearing hip-hugger jeans. Well, see, that's, that's what and, we're saying. It's like, and the midriff. But it's he, not so much different from what it is now. The girls don't do those now. But they still wear the jeans like that. Like, I mean, I'm not saying like they're going to wear like the low-cut, like I'm kind of a slutty girl dress, but like the jeans aren't so drastically different. Like their shirts aren't so drastically different. What about what about tramp stamps? Is that a thing? Is that a cultural thing? That, I mean, I a lot know. of girls, anyway. The, the only reason why we were mentioned, like we were, we mentioned early two thousands still only because it was it still has an identifier. It's that new millennium look. Yeah. By the way, uh, I'm gonna change subject real quick. What Biff was doing right there, Me Too would be pissed off about. Hashtag Me Too. Hashtag Me Hashtag Too would be too. pissed. But back then, people just looked the other way. Yeah, I mean he he was, he was pretty much groping her. Times were simpler. He was a hundred percent Nassar that shit. <laughs> Like, like he was, he was, he was creepy. Did you just make a the Nasser, the guy, the from the Olympics committee, or whatever. Yeah. 
Yeah, he has another trial. Topical. Topical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had his trial today, folks, and 260 women have now came out. Oh, really? Yeah. This anyway. Wait, he has another trial? I thought he got sentenced. Three trials. Oh, wow. Because, because he already has 175, and he just got 190 now. Oh, uh, on top of it? 190 years on top. It was 175. Well, he, des- he deserves every single one of them. I know he does. Oh, man, all right. So George here is carrying a, like a pseudo briefcase. And this is what's interesting to me. Here's, here's also what I love about the 50s and 60s. There's a great movie by John Frankenheimer called Seconds. And it's about the the realization that everybody is an office job. Everybody is carrying a briefcase. Everybody's going to work nine to five. And that's another, like, to go back to what I said earlier, where, like, on the surface, the facade of the 50s and 60s are, it may look glamorous, mm-hmm. but underneath it all, there's, there's a, like, I don't know, there's, like, a really weird sort of depression behind it. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, everything is, everyone has to follow in suit. Every, everything has a path. Mm-hmm. Even if so much like we've been saying, like just turning the other way, mm-hmm. like just simply opening your mouth knows, you know, you know, back then it will get you nothing. So he is Darth Vader from the planet Falcon. This is amazing. That probably was crazy for George to hear Van Halen right there. What a great idea. That well, he the did. hardest rock they would have is Elvis. Because this, yeah. this is before Chuck Berry. Chuck yeah. Berry gets his ideas from a white man. Yeah. <laughs> Silence Earthling. Did you just notice that he has a fucking um, hair dryer as a gun? Mm-hmm. So he just said that his name is Darth Vader. I'm going to assume that even in the new 1985, where Marty goes into the back and he goes in the future for it, right? And everything is great. Do you think George probably would have said to Lorraine in 1977, Hey, that black tin thing is named Darth Vader. I got something I got to admit to you. No? Maybe that's something you, like, he would forget. Like, that specific, like, he remember the event, but the specificities of it all may not, may not ring in his mind but like he may be watching star wars like he may take a young marty to go like there's this new space adventure marty let's go watch you know i hear good things let's go watch it mm-hmm. then it's like darth vader like something in the back of his mind's like that sounds familiar that, but sounds, he, familiar. that sounds familiar but he just can't place it you know mm-hmm. like it's gonna be sticking in his crawl the whole time <laughs> i love the pepsi bottle i love the pepsi logos i like old logos i really like those let's see that goes back to that goes back to the the 50s aesthetic like um their fonts Everything in their labeling, it's very unique, man. You you know what sticks out. That hairstyle's back, by the way. How do you feel about Michael J. Fox in this movie? I think he's not bad. Why? Well, no, I'm just like like uh, in terms like in this movie in terms of how like his career progressed and everything. Like this is a star making role, obviously, but it didn't quite pan out for him outside of the Back to the Futures. Well, was he still doing Growing Pains at this time? He was still doing Growing Pains. I think Growing Pains ended in 87. Hold on. Give me a milk. Chocolate. (laughs) Anyway, he takes a spit. That's a pretty thick chocolate. That's a thick chocolate. I mean, mean, this is the role that defined him. Uh, That's, uh, unfortunately. I I am your density. So, Lorraine's drinking strawberry. The one girl in red is drinking chocolate. And the other girl, I think, is drinking Vanilla. vanilla. See, I have... I've always there's this there's this um, restaurant out near where my uh, in-laws live, 
and it's called a soda grill. Soda grill? Soda grill. Grill. And it looks on the outside, it's got like a picture. It looks like it might be a reference to the 50s. Mm-hmm. And they're only open until lunch. They're not open for dinner. Mm-hmm. I've, I've, I've always wanted to go there. I've never done it. I've always wanted to go there because I've always been fascinated by soda bars. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it, like, uh, like that's kind of, this diner is kind of like a soda bar. Yeah. It's like um, pharmacies back in the day, they weren't specific. Like, they're nothing like what they are now. Yeah, of course. Um, and they would have these, these little drink counters where they would make... Like chocolate sodas, strawberry sodas, and they're like a, like a milkshake, but they're not quite a milkshake. And I'm wonder, I'm super curious, because I just want to, I want to go in there and see if they have an actual soda jerk, mm. which is what's what the job with the person that poured the the sodas. Yeah, it's called a soda jerk. I I, I just want to see if they have one of those. I would like to see if they have one. That'd be cool. We should go that one time. I don't remember what's called. It's out on on seven ninety five near um, Oregon. Oh. Famous scene. Probably the skateboard chasing, because this is where somebody develops the idea of getting a skateboard. Because there's no such thing as skateboard at the time. There's no skateboards in the fifties. No, no. I know they came to prominence in the seventies. Yeah, no, not this. Nothing like this. Nothing. That's why it was such a big thing. You know. Look at that. Amazing sparks for no reason. <laughs> Look at that. He does what he does in the eighties. See, Marty's cool. And in the 80s, Marty wasn't cool. In the 50s, he's cool. Yeah. He has all the answers, mm-hmm. you know? He's an absolute dream. Don't you wish girls still talk like that nowadays about you? Like, <laughs> oh, he's <laughs> such a dream. <laughs> Even the lingo then, too, man, yeah. is great. The, okay, so the guy just got rear-ended. Wouldn't he stop? You would think, because that's, I mean, that's a pretty nice looking truck. Oh! How do you feel about Michael J. Fox? In this role? Uh, in general. Like, uh, this, I guess I posited to Jordan uh, a minute ago that this is a breakout role for him, a star making role. But it did, uh, movies didn't quite pan out for him outside of the Back to the Future series. He's more of a television guy. Right. Um, because uh, Spin City, right? Spin City. Spin City. Love Spin City. That's, um,. I, that's how I always recognize him as in Spin City. I don't know. I've I've always liked him. He's always uh, he's always displayed a charismatic character, someone you could sort of relate to, and um, that's how I feel in the Back to the Future movies. Like you could see him, you could see yourself in his shoes, um, especially in the beginning of this one. Like a family that's not quite together, you know, mentally, structurally. I've had that problem. So, like, to try and figure out your place in the world. And then now, like like you guys mentioned, being here where he has all the answers. I mean, you would take advantage of that. And I don't know. I, I see him doing the exact same thing I would have done. Mm-hmm. If I was, if, if with all the knowledge I have now, if I was sent back to the 50s, I'd be telling people left and right. Man, I'd be, I'd actually be an asshole. And I'd be like, all right, so no one's made the thing yet. Uh, yeah. <laughs> sorry, Carpenter. <laughs> Nobody's made the internet yet. <laughs> Fuck you, Al Gore. Anyway. I don't know. That's a question I've, I've asked my wife before when we've watched time travel movies. I was like, I've asked her, I was like, if you were, if you, all right, so I'm going to ask you guys now. If you went, if you got sent back to the 50s right here in this time, would you be okay and just live out the rest of your life in the 50s and just take advantage of everything that you know? 
Absolutely, I would take I would take full advantage whatever monetary yeah. value that knowledge has. <laughs> I would drain it. I would drain it dry. Absolutely. Like why why else? What else are you gonna do? Just live a normal simple life when you are a god? Yeah. Like think about everything that you could essentially start. That would be under your name now instead of anybody else's. It's like uh, at the end of Hot Tub Time Machine. When Lou goes, goes, he stays in the past, comes back to the future, he has Lugal, uh, his version of Google. Mm-hmm. He's, a, he's the lead singer for, of Motley Lou. Yeah. All this stuff. <laughs> That's exactly what I would do. I, I'm not ashamed to say I would... Fuck, man. Like The first thing I would do is all the famous movies and books that were written and, and filmed. Just pitch I'm, the ideas, have other people write them? Yeah. Like, just search out the guys who actually wrote them? Yeah. Yeah. What I would do honestly is I would do what Marty's original idea was in the in the beginning of number two. I would get the sports sports almanac, and I did. Why not? Well, see, that's that's another thing that's interesting. You bring that because that's also the in, in uh, Stephen King's eleven twenty two sixty three. That's the same. That's the same premise yeah. is using a sports almanac to try and bet to get money. Mm-hmm. That's I a, love it's a, it's a it's an interesting. Uh, thought to go like well i already know who's winning so let's go into gambling in this you know mm-hmm. well, that's what they, drive. i wonder if that's because they do that in primer too i don't know if you guys have ever seen primer yes a great movie people out there listening to this if there is anybody you should go watch primer by shankara there's um, tons of people uh yeah there's at least 160 right more that download it every week um what they're the whole point of them like they accidentally discover time travel which i think is a pretty interesting concept in and of itself but they use it to play the stock market because they they'll see what stocks go up for the day then they'll go back in time like six hours and they'll they'll get those stocks yeah so when they go up they can just sell them so i wonder if that's yeah that's interesting because that's that seems to be like a big uh, a lot of a plot point a lot of uh time travel films mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. see i'd be like that's why i'd be the complete i wouldn't give a shit about sports or the stock right i'd be i want i would want the fact to know that you know i was the guy who came up with you know Certain, it. like I was the one that uh, I did thriller, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Brandon Saw kills thriller, so Michael. <laughs> Brandon Saw kills the sound of music. Yeah. Well, yeah. Brandon Saw presents Halloween. There you go. So, um, Lorraine followed Marty, and Doc Brown just described his whole plan, which was a great model, by the way. If, if if you remember back in the day when we made the first Dead movie and made a model, I thought of Back to the Future. Oh, okay, yeah. If you remember that back yeah. in the day. So, and uh, they're covering the time up, and now she wants to go to the dance with them. I mean, now, really, why wouldn't she, right? I mean, this guy is a, a good, young, hip guy in town that's new. He just kicked this shit out of uh, Biff by writing on something that she has never seen before in her life. He's dangerous. He's a total dream. He's a total dream. Well, it's the he's the he's a chal- he's a he's challenging her. Mm-hmm. And that's like this something that we were talking about last night mm-hmm. at a, a Texas Roadhouse. Like yeah. when you're challenged, you either you either you take it as an air of um, of acceptance or you take it as an air of denial. Podcast sponsored by Texas Roadhouse. <laughs> Get your 6-ounce steak for $15. Anyway, uh, <laughs> so now Marty's going to try to get uh, uh, Crispin Glover. Did you guys ever pay attention that Crispin Glover was not in the sequel? 
Well, they they mask it very well. They do. The guy that's playing him. They uh, do. I didn't. I. I didn't notice it until I read about it. Yeah, until Crispin wanted more money than Michael J. Fox. Which, come on, you have to know that play, you're not the star of play the Play the system, man. Do what you can. You know, I mean, back then, like, he had the security of thinking that they couldn't replace him because, like, he not necessarily integral, but, I mean, that film was so popular, he became really popular. Mm-hmm. So he, he, he had the confidence to say, well, no, I want the money because I know that you're not going to make this without me. Then they went ahead and made it without him, without him, and they actually did a very good job with it. He's holding his mom's brassiere. Continue. Well, you never fold your mom's underwear or anything? <laughs> did you never do the laundry? Come on, we're uh, talking about Lisa here. She never. made sure your ass was in there full of laundry. I did not touch her 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 undergarments. Jordan! <laughs> Get in here and fold laundry. <laughs> I'm sorry to interrupt you. I just noticed that. No, that's pretty much the end of my thought there. No, it's right because because Crispin Glover, you have to know, dude, that at, at, after this movie and it's so successful that Michael J. Fox is the star. He's on the poster, not you. You're like third build. So just take the money and do the fucking sequels. But that's the thing, though. I mean, that's that's the unfortunate thing with what this movie, unlike like a lot of movies, especially in the '80s, that just fucking blew up. Mm. It becomes that egotistical thing, you know? Yeah, unfortunately. So we're getting closer to the end here. We still got probably about a good half an hour, 40 minutes left. I would say. But the most boring part for me in the whole movie is when we're at the Enchantment Under the Sea dance. Mm. Very boring to me. Well, see, I really like this, too, because, like, uh, you guys know I'm a huge fan of doo-wop music and Motown, that sort of era, mm-hmm. and that's all they play. Yeah. Like, like, Earth Angel, that's the big song when they when they first walk in. That's an a, actual that, song? That's a big doo-wop song, yeah. Was it a big yeah, doo-wop? it was a very popular song back in the day. That's stage. interesting. My, my, some, of my, some of my favorite music I can listen to over and over is the big bands from the 30s and 20s. Like the Sinatra music and stuff? Um, and Glenn Miller. Yeah. But yeah, no, I, for some reason, like every, like I said, everything about the 50s, just, there's a reverence for it, and I don't understand why I like it so much, but I, I do. I, just, I love, uh, the music I can explain, uh, is because I'm a, I'm a sucker for a harmony. Oh, okay, yeah, And yeah. Motown and doo is basically just harmony. Mm-hmm. It's fucking fantastic. Like, they used to, uh, back in college, when we had parties and stuff, um, we would take turns being in charge of, like, the, being in charge of the music. So we had a friend who would have all this music on his laptop, and we could get on YouTube and stuff. And he had these giant speakers that we'd hook into his laptop, into the, the headphone jack. And that's what we played throughout the entire party. And um, there, I would always ask, like, hey, let's throw some doo-wop on. They always think I'm joking and stuff. <laughs> and then I would go ahead and throw a doo-wop on every time. And, like, eventually they told me to wait until it got later in the night because a lot of people didn't understand the importance of doo-wop because it's fucking generation. I remember this one time. I know I'm getting way off topic here, Jordan. I'm sorry. I know you're getting irritated. What? (laughs) But um, they played... You guys remember that uh, song TikTok by Kesha? Yeah. TikTok. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Seven times that song got played over the course of a five-hour party. Yeah, because that was big back in the day. Seven times, right? 
I uh, we were we were in uh, my friend's room. You smoke, throw up some Earth Angel. Smoking a bowl, right? So I'm kind of <laughs> high at this point, and like I hear the song. Like we're we're in the middle of a conversation. I hear the song again. I just get up. I kick the door open, and like everyone turns around, and looks at me. I start. I just start shouting at everybody. Like there are a million fucking songs. Don't play this one again. And everyone's like, okay. And I go back <laughs> in the room, and it's just fucking silence. Nice. But, uh, I threw on some of the Penguins. Oh, God. It's a good band. Penguins. <laughs> the, the Coasters. Crests. The Coasters? Mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever listened to the Coasters. Uh, down in Mexico? Mm. Mm. Down in... It, it's, 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 it's the song the slut dances to in uh, Death, in death, uh, death uh, Proof. Oh. I don't like Death Proof. Oh, oh, that's another conversation. I don't like it. I think it's. I think it's. But like, hey, but, we'll save it for another. We'll we'll save it for a budget. A budget. I okay. like her statement right there. She goes, Marty, I'm 18 years old. You don't think I've ever parked before? Where in the beginning of the movie, she's like calling a boy and being with a boy, and she's like, oh, I've parked before. She's oh. drinking and smoking. The alcoholism is starting. I raid my mom's liquor cabinet. So how would you how would you react? Because I mean, we've all, I, I mean, we've all had that moment when we realize our parents aren't heroes, you know, <laughs> as we mature. Yeah. Like, as you get older, you realize that your parents are just people. They're not these, you know, pe- beings above you and stuff. Sure. They're sad sacks with eyes. Exactly. Yeah. So how, how would you react in this situation where you realize, oh shit, my mom is fucked up? I actually wouldn't, I actually would not be like totally shocked because like, because Lisa's already fucked up. No, no, no. <laughs> but, like, okay, like, right now, in my life, I've been a smoker for 13 years. And I'm, and right now, I'm, I'm quitting with Nicorette, right? I don't want Riley to smoke. You know what I mean? But if she ever goes back in time and realizes that Daddy was a partier and a womanizer, <laughs> I want to I make her go, oh, okay, makes sense. You know what I mean? Because I just, it's just, it, it's not... To me, I want to be like, what are you doing? To me, it'd be like, why are you wearing that dress? That's what I would be saying. Because her, her titties... tits look fucking perfect. You just you just want to lay in them. You don't want to do nothing else. You don't well, want to... he keeps glancing. You don't like, want to... You can't ki- help it. No, yeah. You don't want to kiss it. You don't want to nuzzle it. You don't want to motorboat it. You just want to lay your head on it and go to sleep. Yeah. Those look... Oh, God. They're perky as kittens. Which I feel like... Is the wrong course to take for this podcast. It is. And now she's, she's making out with them. Leah Thompson is a super attractive woman. She's also a very talented actress. Let's let's get that out of the way. But she does have nice <laughs> breasts. She has nice breasts. And now she just says the line of, kissing you is like kissing my brother. So it's like, okay. Here, I'll equalize it. I hear Michael Fassbender has a nice big dick. He's got a beautiful cock. <laughs> oh my word. Have, have you, you seen Shane? Yes. Shane? Yes. He, he shows a, a scene, cock in this? There's a scene a where he's peeing. He just walks towards the camera, walks away, walks back towards the camera, even when walks he's, away. When, even when he's pissing, you can see a quarter of his dick past his balls. Pissing. No, that man's blessed in almost every way. It's like he's he's incredibly talented, he's super attractive, and he's got a fucking dong. Mm-hmm. Like, like I've got a penis, that dude's got a dong. <laughs> Biff just said that the damage you did in my car was $300. Can you imagine $300 in 1955? My God. Yeah, I wonder what the uh, rate of inflation would be. It'll probably be about $3,000, right? Damn. I'm thinking, think about that. It's like, 
fuck? And now he's hashtag not me too in her. I mean, he's just going right for it. You remember, um, remember Max? Do you ever meet Max Castleman? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, with Chad? Yeah. At the wedding. Yeah. He was at the wedding, yeah, bro. Yeah. Well, I didn't know if he, I didn't know if he knew him that well, like if he met him or, because Max is a weird cat. <laughs> he's got a lot of quirks. And what he, um, what happened, um, he is, in, like, scared of dicks. Like, really? Like, not like scared, like, oh, I, uh, but like, if you show him a dick, he like, will, like, f- like, kind of not freak out, <laughs> but like, he will like, just get incredibly awkward. They make me laugh. I love them. So what I would, I used to fuck with him in this way. Uh, I would take this because I had, I illegally downloaded a copy of Shame onto my computer and I gave it to him to watch. And he had an old Mac and I installed a, 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 an illegally downloaded version of Final Cut on his on his mac and what i did what i would do was um because he would just shut it and set it down so i would bring up that scene and i would get it to where like fassbender's dick is like in the perfect lighting <laughs> it's like right there and i would just shut his computer again it's like i'd pause it shut his computer so as soon as he opened it the first thing he'd see is a dick i remember this one time me and like he opened it and i started like he opened it and i was like oh he's gonna see it and he didn't because he, he uh he was having a conversation with chad so he had the computer sitting up for maybe five minutes, just talking and talking. And then as soon as he looks at it, he just shrieks like somebody punched him. Oh, jeez. And then the best part is I did that I did that four times, which I, I sound like an asshole. I know, but it's great. Um, so what I did was I opened it up in Final Cut. I took a screenshot, and I made that his desktop background. <laughs> so he spent like two minutes trying to close out of it. Oh, man. But it was his desktop background. I would have stood up and applauded you. I would have been like, eh, you know what? I'm going to keep it. It's the, it's the, <laughs> it's the long grift. Yeah. Her getting pushed down is what got him the motivation to do that. Which, though, really watching the movie, though, he's never really had the hospital arraigned. So why would he do this now? He just, he's not passionate for her. Well, he's been convinced by this, this, his new friend, probably his only friend, that this girl is... His soulmate. And, and Darth Vader, too. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, but I, I just... More more establishing of him liking her more. You know what I mean? Because really, it's just him becoming a man. You know what I mean? Like, it's... Well, it's, it's that's, uh... <laughs> it, he's standing up for himself. I think, like, uh... Not to call you out, but, like... I don't know, just saying, like, him becoming a man. <laughs> Well, I mean, poor choice of words, I guess, but you know what I mean. Like he's maturing? Right. He's stepping outside of himself Step for the first time, is that what you mean? So where's Marty McFly's in the black trench coat stealing the wallet? Is that happening now? Yes, that's happening now. In the second movie. Yeah. No, I gotcha. I feel you, dog. I know exactly what you're saying. I do feel like this movie, though, could be a little bit shorter. I do feel there's certain things they could take out, but then again, there might be some stuff they could put back in, like you said with the montage earlier. Mm-hmm. I think there's things they need to cut, but there's things they need to replace with it. I do, I do, I do not think that this Johnny B. Good segment is important. Um, no, it's just showing that Michael J. Fox is cool. Yeah, like Marty's awesome. Yeah, yeah, but I don't think I don't like if you take that out because it only it's really I think I think that segment or that scene only exists. To set up the Chuck Berry joke, because wasn't wasn't Elvis the fifties? Was he was he primarily fifties? He was in the fifties. Yeah. So rock and roll already exists. exists. Yeah. 
And even rock and roll is just an evolution of blues music. Right. But, like, this song's great. I love the song. Every Dude, song in Christine. Maybe. See, I haven't seen Christine in a long time, so... Oh, I don't know that, I that should be our next commentary. Next commentary, Christine? Yes. Alright. I'm down for it. I like John Carpenter. That redhead kid fucking was kicking him in the ass earlier in the scenes. I've seen that redhead kid someplace else, too. Maybe he's just a generic ginger. Here's like those fucking soulless motherfuckers. Goddamn day walkers. <laughs> <laughs> there are some nice ginger people out there. That we don't want to generalize, <laughs> but they're all awful. Yeah, I I, uh, I interviewed one, so. And you made it out alive? Yeah. <laughs> uh, interviewed, uh, uh, this is bad, by the way. Um, interviewed uh, Zach Ward. Oh, yeah, that's oh, right. Yeah, yeah. See that, that, that hand that we just saw of him, him vanishing? That always, every time I saw that, it always reminded me of the Evil Dead for some reason. Uh, oh, when a hand turns evil? Yeah, like yeah, uh, yeah. in, uh, yeah, part two. Yep. Uh, like where he's fighting the hand and there's, yeah, just like the, <laughs> the, the bad, com like the cheap looking compositing. Cheap, you mean awesome. Yes. <laughs> well, Evil Dead, it's awesome. Yeah. Because that's part of the aesthetic. Here, not so much. But it always that uh, every time I saw it, always like my mind always keys to that. Yeah, she's a very pretty lady. I wonder. And I love her. I love the hairstyle she's got too. It's like just again mm. the aesthetic of the fifties. I love her bosom. Is super attractive to me. Now, what happens if they got divorced in like the seventies? All be for nothing. You should write that fan fiction. Ah, uh, mm. I've already done fan fiction with Friday the Thirteenth. I might as well. I think you should. You could write, because then you could, like, do the split realities. Because, mm. like, again, like, in the second one, when he goes back to the future, like, they go into the future, he goes back to the past, it's different. Mm -hmm. They're, like, George De is dead, mm -hmm. and, and Lorraine is married Biff. And she's murdered, got, by, murdered by Trump. Yeah, and she got giant fake titties. Yeah. Was, has it ever been mentioned if George was, uh, went to Vietnam? Oh, fuck me. I don't think you would have, because, um, they didn't, they, you didn't have to... If you went to university or college, you he didn't did go have to, to go to university. Yes, he did go to university. So that yeah. could be your fan fiction, though. What if he didn't? And what if he was recruited for Vietnam? And yeah. what if just being in the war alters everything? And his best friend was Forrest Gump. I could Google that. Like, <laughs> three movies at once. <laughs> Two movies at once. He could find a way to ra uh, to fold in Platoon yeah. as well. He was there when Willem <laughs> Dafoe put his arms up. He was like, there, man. Like you just hear Forrest Gump in the background. You shouldn't touch that girl. <laughs> oh! Oh, here we it go. He jumped up and bit me. <laughs> He's, uh, he was, he was, he was in a Michael J. Fox movie then. We can do that fan fiction. Casualties of War, the Rake okay. Vietnam movie. There you go. There you go. Casualties of It all fucking ties together. Look at that. Because, okay, so Marty is 16. 16, 17. He's 16, so he's born in 69. Yeah. Mm, so. Yeah. So, so he is 32 when Marty's born? If he's 18 now? Wow. Yeah. Wow, yeah. So he'd be... Okay. So he... All right. I'm just trying to figure out the timeline. How old in the 50s, then? I, I'm, I'm imagining 18. No, like, no, 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 no. I mean, like, how old is George in the 50s? In, 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 in 1985, then? Well, in 30 years, so he's 48. Wow. I mean, I'm, uh, he's anywhere between, I would say, 46 and 49. Gotcha. When we, when we first meet them. I'm just trying to figure out, because, I mean... 
so Marty's born in 69, which means he has to get back because Marty's the baby. So if he goes to Vietnam, he's at the early stages of Vietnam, back like right right before the escalation in the early 70s. Hmm. Because then you could have a whole you could have a scene where he comes back and everybody's spitting on him because we lost the war. Yeah, and then he can say, "Aren't we all casualties of war?" There you go. They come at me, huh? <laughs> huh? I'm a baby killer, huh? <laughs> Why do you think Marty goes nuts? Because he thinks he's a rock star for a second. Well, he, as we learned in the opening, where he breaks uh, his best friend's speaker. Yeah. He he knows how to strum a guitar. Yeah, and everybody's like, we're not ready for this. You guys believe that's actually Michael J. Fox playing? No. No? Because the string's up. So that's why I was just curious. Well, he's probably See, fingering, I, but I don't think it's actually his. This is probably my favorite scene of the movie, though. I've always loved him doing this guitar this uh, guitar piece. Because I've always imagined, like, um, even as a kid, I always imagined like, going back in time. Let's say... The the gore effects of eighties. If you were to take that and show that to an audience in the forties, oh, like how flip fucking their shit. how mind blown they would have been. Thing would have made him pass out. That that just that inspires me and just makes me giddy for some odd reason. Like just a, I don't know, just to see their reaction to like yeah the thing we we mentioned already. The moment when the dogs get fused together and they're crying and they're screaming and the fucking just testing like the. Uh, tentacles are crawling all over him. It would probably get uh, taken out of the theater. They'd be like, this is inappropriate. <laughs> I'd go to jail. Yeah, I'd be like, did you murder a dog? <laughs> I just find it fascinating. This is going to be the scene in the in the second movie where Marty leaves and he hits his self and knocks him out. There you go. Remember that? Yeah. This is right... Uh, this is right at... No, this is... Yeah, this is right after the scene where it's like... You have him and the Marty in the foreground and Marty in the background of every shot. Every time I watch the first movie, I always remember the second one. I always watch the second one first, and then I, I watch the first one so I can pinpoint where's Marty at at this point in time. I do think that the second one, like I said earlier, is is a more is the more interesting film yeah. of the of the trilogy. I mean, when you compare the first and the second, but I do think the first one's more enjoyable. Like it's more of a first one's a, a better sit, film. Yeah, sit down and just enjoy film because yeah. I think the second one you, like is predicated on you having seen the first one. Yeah. I don't think the, like the second one with its storyline is a stand like it can never be standalone. No, third one can't either. And what a bad choice to go back to uh, old west. Where else would you have gone? You you already went into the future. You already went into the immediate past. Stay 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 um stay at at 1985, but an alternate reality again. Like another okay. So like you would so it would be what 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 alternate reality? Because we've already seen the happy ending 85. We've already, we've already seen the awful waste uh, uh, hellscape that is uh, Biff running the city. What other? What's the in between there? Because really, all these movies make no sense. There's only one thing. Oh, thank you. There's only one thing that Marty needs to do. There's only one thing to make himself and his family perfect, and that is when the basis for Red Hot Chili Peppers flee challenges <laughs> him to a fucking race. All he has to do is say no, and then everything in this whole franchise is averted. Well, he calls him chicken. Which never is in this movie. 
Isn't it? I thought it was in this movie. It's not in this movie. Yeah, I thought it was. Uh, no. I could have sworn at the in the in no the first scene with Biff. He calls him a chicken. No. It's not in this one. I no. Sworn. <laughs> no. I could have sworn. No. Are you sure? I swear, on my daughter. Are I think you? it's. I think it's turkey. He calls him turkey. Turkey. Yep. Jab, jab, turkey. turkey. <laughs> no. Like I thought that too because 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 I, I said this to you guys a, a few weeks ago during our, one of our other uh, older episodes. During Thanksgiving, Gene and I always watch the trilogy. This is kind of our thing. So this is still really fresh in my mind. Oh, you got a nice packaging here, too. That's a, that's a nice... The, the trilogy is a nice setup there. I was, I was saying that it, it, the, the, when you were flipping through it, it looks like the uh, the Alien Anthology, yeah. like in terms of its setup. Because like I got... Like it looks kind of like... Because I got Alien Anthology, and I got uh, Blade Runner. It looks kind of like that. Mm -hmm. And then also Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. Yeah, but they're all set up like books. But like... But the reason why is that in this movie, Marty, nobody ever calls him chicken and he ever gets pissed off about it. But in the second movie and the third movie, when somebody calls him chicken, it just fucks up everything. But remember though, in the third movie, well, I'm sorry, in the second movie we find out, oh, Marty's life sucks because Flea, the basis from Red Chili Peppers, is his boss. Is his boss, but, but, but in the second one they're like, oh, he busted his hand in a car accident, racing Flea. So the third movie should not have been about them going back to the Old West. It should have been about him stopping the situation with Flea so everything's fine. That's uh -huh. kind of, yeah, that's interesting. That should, makes that, sense. Because, that makes, because that's the only thing that they need to change. Because, that doesn't make sense. You know, because the second movie doesn't make it really any sense. I mean, everybody's fucked up, Marty, because your arm is fucked up. Because now you're working at this job and your kids are fucked up and your family's fucked up. Instead of going to the future... Go back to this modern time, like a day in the future, and stop yourself from racing fleet. Then the second movie doesn't need to happen. The third movie doesn't need to happen. It's true. It's over and done with. Clean, easy break. <laughs> I've never heard of it that way. <laughs> well, think about that. <laughs> it's kind of opening my mind a little bit. It's like, whoa, man. <laughs> it's like, whoa. I have these moments where I'm when, when I go on a rant and Brandon's mind gets blown. The first one was the Scream Theory. What's the Scream Theory? I don't, I'm not, I don't know the Scream Theory. Uh, the, the Does it take so long to explain that you can explain it to me after? No, it's it. I will do it very short. But my Scream Theory is that there was a third killer in the first movie, and it always was Roman. Roman was there the whole time watching him. Roman is... The, the brother that was the killer in the third movie. Oh, okay. All right. The reason why I say that is because he says, I was there, like, you know, directing them on what to do. But, like, there are scenes in Scream 1 that makes no sense. Because, like, Stu and Billy are clearly with their girlfriends, and then Ghostface is in a bush looking at them. Or in a grocery store looking at them. You know what I mean? And then the only other evidence that I have, which I'll end the, on this note, is in, uh, the first kill with Drew Barrymore, right? Rose McGowan, right? No. Right? Mm -hmm. Rose, Mc yeah, yeah, Rose right. McGowan says... Uh, Stu didn't kill anybody last night. He was with me all night. And Sue said, yeah, I was. So you're going to sit here and tell me that Billy made the phone calls, broke into the house, gutted Stu, and gutted Drew Barrymore? No, there was definitely a second killer there with him. Okay. So that was kind of my... <laughs> so I said that, and Brandon just goes, what? You know? <laughs> Let's do a commentary. And then it just blew his mind on, a, on this now. So I'm kind of proud of myself on that one. I can't follow it up after that. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm dumb for the next six months. No, but I'm, I'm serious, though. It's just, like, going back on that, though. It just, 
That's why. That's why I just don't like the third movie because the third movie, it it doesn't just make any logical sense. I mean, you look at the first movie. They 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 instead of instead of approaching it in in a technical manner, in a writing manner, they were just like, oh, you know, let's continue with. They they treated the western uh, they treated the western setting almost like what's the word for it? I mean Ryan said it earlier. It's um as each movie progresses, you know how it just gets lesser in quality. Maybe oh, yeah. the third movie's like a gimmick. Essentially, like like what what can we go back to to where we can have progressive joke 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 because Marty is out of time. Go back to the 1800s, but do it like in the second movie. Go back for half an hour. You know what I mean? If you want to do that, do that, but don't make that the focal point of your story. That's why this one, in my opinion, is still the best, because it goes back to the 1955, and he stays in 1955. Well, the only reason why you can't, I would say the only reason why you can't go multiple times is because still then, he, even here in the 80s and early 90s, like budgets were pro prolific. But they weren't as ma mega as, like, let's say, you know, you know, the the Avengers two hundred and ten million dollar budget that we have today. Sure. So you know, like going to multiple time periods would mean multiple sets, multiple like you know script continuity. Like you would have to always make sure. So I think just staying in the West is just a matter of like, well, we don't have to do much once we're in the West because we have it. Sure. No, I also I, never understood. Sorry to interrupt. I also never understood in the third one why um, his mom, Wiley Thompson, had to have a cameo in it because it, it it opens up a whole another can of worms about contract. Exactly. See, that's contract. Well, no, something. I get it because they want to put her in there because she's important in both films. But like, they're already making her a McFly, so that means is she like a great, great, great? Because I haven't that, that I means, actually haven't seen the third one since I was a kid. Well, she's she's married to uh, a second character that Michael J. Fox plays, who is a McFly. Seamus. Seamus McFly is from Ireland. Okay. Um, and like they moved out to the West during the Great Expansion, like far and away with Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman. Okay. Same concept. Yeah, yeah. As as the basic plot of that movie, and so uh, you're introduced to his wife because uh, he falls because Marty falls ill and she's helping nurse him back to health and she has one scene, but it doesn't make any sense because it like. He even acknowledges, I do believe, that he, she looks exactly like his mom, mm -hmm. which implies that George and uh, Leia Thompson's character, I can't remember her fucking name right now, Marty's mom, are blood relatives and not even three generations removed from each other. Yeah. Which is kind of fucked up. Yeah. What also, to add on that, what about the fucked up thing? Now, once in this movie, have you ever had an issue with the car not going? Until it needs to go. <laughs> until it needs, <laughs> until it happens. It's That's like, the classic Dax uh, Machina. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like, we have, we have, we have definitely praised this movie for having good script writing. You know, A B C plot. You know, everything that you see in the beginning gets reminded in the middle and gets paid off in the end. That's this classic script writing stuff that you learn in school. But stuff like this with the car. Not working. That's a gag that happens in two and three and the rest of the franchise, but there's no reason for it to happen at this point in time just for the audience to get their sphincters tight and go, Oh god, is he gonna make it? Come on, I mean that's the only reason to do it though. That's the only reason to do this. And to have Doc Brown have constantly multiple fuck ups is ridiculous. Because really, when we first meet Doc Brown in the beginning of the movie, he's not a fuck up. We meet Doc Brown, he creates a time machine out of a DeLorean. We meet Doc Brown yeah, in the 50s, he's they, a buffoon. Yeah. 
which is weird. Well, I mean, they could also, you could chalk it up to being like his elementary years. Like, whenever you're starting off in anything, you're always going to be bumbling. You know, you don't start off being a, a, a physicist by being, you know, an amazing physicist. You start off by making tons of mistakes. Valid. It's like uh, what Da Vinci said. If they saw my, uh, if they saw my practice sheets, they never think I'm a genius. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's the same thing with like you know like a writer or a filmmaker. If they ever like saw my, the the stories I've rejected in my desk, would they look at me the same way? <laughs> now these flames never come back in the franchise. Believe it or not. They're showing. A movie at the theater called The Atomic Kid, which is funny because he had to have plutonium to get in the past, so he's technically the Atomic Kid. He is the Atomic Kid. That is a very good observation. That grin. So now we're back into 1985. You can tell with the brown and the helicopter, clearly. They didn't have helicopters in the 50s? That's that what, was until the 60s. That's, that's what was so fascinating about Vietnam. Because that's when they first started introducing helicopters. Yeah, okay. that was the major air. Uh, that was the major advancement in air in air warfare and air travel. Crazy drunk driver. Shouldn't this character be? Shouldn't this bum be Robert Zemeckis just for fun? Shouldn't it? It should be. See, everything else is the same though. We got Salvation is Free. We saw that earlier. This I forget his name right now, but this guy's in fucking everything. And he's always a bumbling idiot. He's always a bum. He's, he's in Wishmaster. Oh, hey, there's ice. There's ice on it. It comes back, but that's it. It doesn't come back throughout the rest of the franchise. Um, he's in Cheerleader, uh, Cheerleader Massacre, I think, or Cheerleader Camp Massacre. I can't Is remember. he really? That was a great title for a movie. They're showing a film called Orgy American Style, <laughs> which is a nice play because there used to be this TV show called Love American Style. Buck Flower! That's his name. His name is Buck Flower, and he, I swear to God, look up every movie he's in. He's always a fucking drunk. That's amazing. So, of course, the Libyans drive right by him, and the car has issues again. 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 Is it because of the plutonium, or does it run on gas? Well, he has no power, because he took the gigawatts to get into the, into the future. Uh, he, has, he has nothing to propel it forward after that. And that makes sense in this part, but before it didn't. Before, it's just added drama. Yeah. <laughs> so the name of the mall is Lone, Lone Pine. Pine Still got JCPenney. That didn't change. So, <laughs> please. Dead air. Uh, how do you guys feel about Robert Zemeckis? Because this, this is his first film, uh, breakthrough film. He would go on to make a lot of, I think, classics. Roger Rabbit's after this. Yeah, 88. Oh, shit. Did he do The Burbs as well? No, that's Joe Dante. Oh, all right. Um, he, like, he's got he's got this, uh, Roger Rabbit. Uh, a lot of people don't really like Tucker Man in His Dream, but I kind of like Tucker Man in His Dream. Oh, Castaway. Castaway did. He, he yeah. also did the trilogy of this. Forrest too. Gump. Okay. Um, what Lies Beneath. And then, oh, very underrated. Yeah. What Lies Beneath. I love the uh, Death Beneath. Becomes Her. Yes, that becomes her. He is. I think I I put him in the same ballpark as Dante. Then in that in that matter, he <laughs> is. Um, Zemeckis is a poor man's Cameron. Wait, what makes it? 
Well, because whatever Cameron touched, it just seems like it's going to be a blockbuster hit and everybody universally likes it. You look at Zemeckis' films, his films are very successful and everybody you know, pretty much likes his movies, but he's made some stinkers. You know, that's what I'm saying. Is like he's well in that regards, he'd be the poor man Spielberg. He is a Spielberg protege. Yeah, that's a better point. Yeah, better point than Cameron. You're right. I would, uh, that that one makes more sense too because yeah. he he is a protege of Steven Spielberg, just like mm-hmm. JJ is now. Well, I, well, well, no, well, I don't think JJ is because JJ was his own like he was a producer and everything before he became a director. He's just like like um, Zemeckis li- like actually worked with Spielberg. He learned. From Spielberg by watching Spielberg, hmm. like on set and how he worked, and, and, and not not just watching his films, like growing up with his films, yeah, like Abrams did. You were trying to crawl your way back to Aliens, weren't you? You guys have said Aliens this whole time, and I haven't said a goddamn thing. <laughs> That's true. I haven't said a goddamn thing. You were trying just now. You. This Why is else the... did you mention Cameron? Because you were gonna be like, well, since I'm on the topic of Cameron, let's talk about Aliens. <laughs> <laughs> I was not thinking that. I'm not that clever, but that's interesting. That's interesting. Fun fact to all the fans out there, because I did do some IMDb trivia before uh, I got before I recorded the show. I, I was reading at home. They did not know. Believe it or not, fans back in the day in the '80s, they did not have a whole franchise trilogy planned. They were just going to make this movie. So when Doc Brown shows up with the flying DeLorean and says, "To be continued." It's actually meant to be a joke. Really? It, they had, because the sequel, number two, mm-hmm. remember, this came out in 85. Yeah. Number two and number three came out in eight, uh, number two came out in 89, number three came out in 90. Yeah. That's a far time between 85 and 89 to a to-be-continued storyline. Right. See what I'm saying? So that is that is 100% fact. They had no idea. They just did it as a joke. But then when they decided to make the sequel... Treating it like an old serial, yeah. essentially, yeah. And when they, and it was time for them to make the sequel, they felt like they were handcuffed to go to the future okay. because of the ending. Will Batman escape this uh, travesty? Tune in next time. Ex- exactly. Same because, bat time, same bat channel. Because Robert Zemeckis has said in interviews that if he would go back to do the sequel, he would not go to the future. Okay. But they felt handcuffed. Right. That's interesting. I didn't know that. So in so in real time, Marty went to bed at ten o'clock at night, and it's ten o'clock in the morning the next day. So really, he's only been gone for twelve hours. But to him, it's been a week. That's very very eighties. Very eighties furniture. It looks like it looks like the scene um, from Goodfellas where they're uh, ah. like he's like walking around. She's showing like the oh we redid this, we redid that. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Everybody has nice clothes, looks nice. Everything is white and. Well, see what's interesting with the '80s is it blends in within the first three, four years of the '90s too. Mm-hmm. So sometimes you're not quite sure. Yeah. Like you think of movies like Very Bad Things or Swingers. <laughs> very bad. Th- <laughs> very oh. bad things. The better Hangover movie. <laughs> His parents are good. They were golfing. See, uh, he looks like a, a man who watched Top Gun. Yeah, because because look at George. Because because at the beginning of the movie, George had his George had very dark black hair, slicked back. Now look at him; it's gray. Part he of feels the side. like a, he feels like a man who every Friday night at eight he puts on Tango and Cash. <laughs> Maltese Falcon. 
The Maltese Falcon? Yeah. That's a different pull, I think. I know, but that'd be something you would watch. <laughs> We're trying to do, like, cheesy 80s films. You'd pull out a classic from the 40s. You would watch it. <laughs> North by Northwest. You know. Is it the cars this, wreck? This is a man who's like, Cobra is the greatest film ever made. Yeah. Do you think that Biff only being punched in the face would be doing turtle wax on his car right now? Well, he's been embarrassed and his ego's been broken. 30 years later? Well, it's the it's the classic, uh, once the alpha male is taken down, he's no longer the alpha male. He becomes the beta, and then in his case, now he's the omega. Yeah. And B- but Biff is doing well for himself. He has his own auto detailing company, it says, on the side of the truck. Biff's auto detailing has his own business. Yeah. He's, he's a business owner. He's contributing. Well, I mean, that's that the classic. The, there's that classic saying too. Like most people, they just need a good punch in the mouth to put them in their place. Yeah. That's what I say about my sister-in-law when she's all when she's being really mean to her parents. <laughs> like they'll be like, I don't understand why she's this way. It's like, well, you know, she seems punched in the face. <laughs> I gotta make this really quick. So they look like they're living good, right? They look like they're living decent. Two questions. A, we've established that this subdivision is like lower middle class. So A, why would they still live there? And B, what has their jobs been? Because that is his first book. He just said, you see, if you put your mind to it, you accomplish anything. Implying that this is his first novel. So what the fuck have they done for 30 years? And is Lyons Estates now a nice suburban area? Better than what it was in his reality of 85, where it was a lower middle class area? Why would they still be there? Why would they be in a bigger house in a nicer area? Well, a lot of that is, I think, is all subjective. Like, you you, you know, you don't have to, like, a movie or a novel can spend 20 pages explaining it. A mm-hmm. movie can't. This is the end of the movie here. Doc Brown just shows up with uh, with his clear tie and his weird get-up and his glasses. And it's a flying DeLorean. He's got those Bret Hart glasses on. <laughs> oh, yeah. Miller High Life can and Mr. Fusion. But again, miss, but again if, if Doc Brown went to the future and saw that everything fucked up, he just said, Hey, Marty, this Sunday, don't race flea from Red Hot Chili Peppers. Just stay home and eat your girlfriend's pussy. Why did he pour the beer out if he was going to just drop the can in anyways? Because. Because. Okay. Because. Um, it's like that movie Rubber. Because. Because. You know, the tire's killing people. Because. Yeah. Why is E.T. Brown? Because. Because. <laughs> Why are long pants long? Because. Why are bushes bushy? <laughs> <laughs> movie references, fans. Well, we really hope everybody enjoyed this lovely fun episode commentary back to the future i had a great time yeah we'll be doing this probably more often is in the that future. the is that the libyan's van right there that is the libyan van wow we're going back in time <laughs> but uh, thank you so much for joining us fans if you like this episode please download the, download this episode and many more at movie guys podcast billy zane what what role did billy zane play he's one of the henchmen for biff i didn't know that yeah what the fuck? <laughs> he was right there, prompted, man. You didn't see me with toothpick in his mouth and everything. Yeah. No! Billy Zane! Yeah, they should have thought, like, they should have built him higher, I think. Brandon, Brandon's mind just got blown again? <laughs> I never knew that! <laughs> Alright, we're He's watching. He's the second one, too. We're watching the second one right now, fans. I have the trilogy. Anyway.
But if you like this episode, make sure to check us out at movieguyspodcast.com and movieguyspodcast.podbean.com. Also on Twitter at movieguyspod and on Facebook, movieguyspodcast.com. For podcast, thank you so much, brother Brandon and best friend Ryan, for joining me on this commentary episode. We might as well do the trilogy. Talk to you guys later. Have a good night. Good night. Bye, everybody.